93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. And now, Preston and Steve's news update with Kathy Romano. Today is Wednesday. It is the 15th day of February. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning. In the news this morning, police in Ewing Township, New Jersey, say the decision to close the school district on Tuesday came after the man who shot eight students at Michigan State University, uh, killing three, was found with a note threatening two Ewing schools. The schools were closed on Tuesday, but officials say they will reopen today. Police say the gunman who killed himself hours after fatally shooting three students at Michigan State University was 43-year-old Anthony McRae. The three victims were identified. Identified on Tuesday as Brian Frazier, a sophomore from Gross Point, Michigan, Alexandria Verner, a junior from Clawson, Michigan, and then Ariel Anderson, a junior from Gross Point. McRae used to live in Ewing Township before moving to Lansing, Michigan. He still has family in the area. Ewing Police Department were notified by police in Michigan that McRae was found with a note in his pocket that indicated a threat to two Ewing schools. Police say they put a plan into action immediately to ensure the safety of the students. Ewing Public Schools were closed for the day Tuesday. They will reopen today with police presence for the rest of the week. Ewing police say that after further investigation, it was determined that the incident was isolated to Michigan and that there was no threat to Ewing schools. Police say their investigation indicated that McRae has not lived in the Ewing area in several years. Investigators say that uh, he had a history of mental health issues. Police say five Michigan State University students remain in critical condition following the mass shooting. The shooting began Monday night at an academic building and later moved to the nearby student union. Police say McRae shot himself miles from campus while being confronted by officers. Authorities in Delaware County are asking for help in their search for an armed bank robber. It happened at 2.30 Tuesday at the PNC Bank on the 3600 block of Westchester Pike in Newtown Square. Police released surveillance images showing the robber wearing a surgical mask, walking up and threatening a teller with a gun. The robber got away with an undisclosed amount of money. Police did not report any injuries. Uh, The suspect is considered armed and dangerous. Uh, They are asking anyone who may recognize the photo that they've uh, released or they have any information about this bank robbery to call the Newtown Township Police Department or you can contact the FBI at tips.fbi.gov. After the show, you you want to give it a crack? Go look for the dude. See if we can go look, yeah. track him down, maybe? maybe? In case you kind of made a noise. That's right he? around the corner from my house. Oh, wow. I didn't hear about kind this. Of- Interesting, isn't it? Yeah, right. Looking at the guy, it looks like my next name. Every time something happens in Delaware County, you say, um, "Oh, that's like right around the street from my house." I like I have no concept of where you live. You know okay, what I mean? So <laughs> remember where you asked for directions to where get all out the of bank Delaware robbers County. live? Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, and I told you I drove by there not that long ago, and I was like. Oh my God! I know where I am. Had I like came upon that intersection from a different yeah. way, I would have known. This is like a tenth of a mile from there. This, really? This is, oh, you live? Yeah. In, no kidding. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. Uh, and and you live you live near there. That I is, live that really close. Yeah. Trying to well, where were you yesterday? <laughs> Uh, what time when was this? this? Was <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So if you have any information, they're asking, asking I mean, that you contact police. The, he. You know, I'm, we're looking at the picture. I'm I'm a little bit thinner than he's this guy. taller he's than you. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you're okay. It, what do you think? I'm I head just, shape I, is I, a little different. Head shape is a little bit yeah. different. Yeah, you don't have a shirt like that. Uh, yeah, well, you definitely don't wear a no, collared shirt. I, I threw it One away. that says Delco forever. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> All right. Sen- uh, Democratic Senator Bob Casey of Pennsylvania underwent surgery for prostate cancer on Tuesday. It was successful, and he expects to return to a normal schedule after recovery, his office said. His doctor reports that, an, uh, ex- as expected, the procedure went well, and he confirmed that the senator should not require further treatment. 62-year-old Casey said last month that he had been diagnosed in December and that he had an excellent prognosis. Serving his third term, Casey has not officially announced that he will run for a fourth term, but allies say he is making preparations and they expect him to run. When you hear a story like this, Davis is usually the prostatectomy, you think, right? Yes. The whole thing removed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's um, usually um, the common procedure. Right. And Mike said, you know, years ago, I had mine in 2014. He said, Dr. Mike, it is the gold standard. If you want to, you know, the, the best you can do with that right now, you, I mean, obviously there are other treatments, right. it's a slow growing form of cancer, right. but um, it is the most decisive way to do it. And so and uh, you and, had yours removed 2014. Yeah. Yeah. And is this, um, is this a surgery I've heard that can be very uncomfortable? No, my, no? my, mine, <laughs> like my, the, like the position they put you in to do it. Uh, was first that... off, I was wheeled into a room. They pointed up at the ceiling and said, this is the Da Vinci machine. It's, you know, they can do this pinpoint surgery. Uh, I woke up sort of cocooned in, in a you know with a with a blanket around me in the recovery room, and uh, went home the next day. Okay, you know? maybe, See, maybe they, I was thinking something else. When they hang you from your nutsack, that yes. doesn't. No, no, no. <laughs> when they have the Wolverines come in. Oh, no, okay. No, they jaw on my balls. Okay. <laughs> no, no, but the um, yeah. I, oddly enough, uh, my wife had an issue with her salivary glands. She was in the hospital for two days in much more pain than I had. Wow. So listen, that's not. People experience different things, but in general, in all the people that I've encountered have had the prostatectomy, it goes very well. Side story with the the salivary gland. Yeah. A friend of mine had an issue with that, and uh, that was extremely painful for him. And you know what, uh, like a temporary fix for that is? What? Uh, like a piece of uh, like lemon hard candy or c- oh, really? citrusy hard candy or something like that supposedly helps out with that. It sounds like the same thing, because she, yeah. had, she had it for, for it was almost like a... Like a like, um, uh, like having a, a, a what like a rock, you know, would develops in your uh, what do they call that? Yeah, uh, stone. Kidney stone? Like, yeah. yeah, kidney stone in your salivary gland. Yeah. Wait, and yeah. so, what does it do? Does it make you salivate more? Or uh, not it, it's painful. Yeah, it, it uh, swells up and becomes tender, and and it's in your you know your your uh-huh. jaw. Which can be, if you've ever had like a really bad toothache or something yeah, like yeah. that, it's agony, man. And, and it's something along those lines. She had that for two days. I had, I had, I just took a couple of Tylenol uh, during my recovery. Listen, it's nothing to dismiss, but I, I say there's oh, yeah. an encouragement, especially here right. with the senator, that you would, um, you know, get yourself checked out, get that PSA test, yeah. because uh, if you catch it early, the prognosis is great. At 16 years in the Senate, Casey is already the longest-serving Democratic U.S. Senator in Pennsylvania history. Casey is a key ally for labor unions and President Joe Biden. In Congress, Casey has backed all of Biden's top priorities and forged a closer relationship with the president, at least in part because they share the same hometown of Scranton. In sports this morning... The Sixers are at home again tonight with a game against the Cleveland Cavaliers. The Sixers, who have won three games in a row, are in third place in the Eastern Conference with a record of 37-19, and 19, while the Cavs, who have won seven straight, are right behind them in the standings with a record of 38-22. and 22. Tip-off in South Philly is at 7.30. The Indianapolis Colts have hired Eagles offensive coordinator uh, Shane Steichen to become their new head coach, putting the 37-year-old in charge of a team looking to improve 
after a 4-12 and 1 season. Steichen received much of the credit for the Eagles offensive resurgence the past two seasons. His ability to build the offense around quarterback Jalen Hurts is one of the main reasons he was hired. In the Super Bowl, Hurts joined Joe Montana and Steve Young as the only players to account for at least 370 total yards and four touchdowns. And the Arizona Cardinals hired Eagles defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon as their new head coach. Gannon, who received a five-year contract, has been the Eagles defensive coordinator for the past two seasons and made a very positive impact turning the team into a top 10 defense in his first year. This season, the Eagles ranked number two in the league, while the team's 78 sacks in 2022 were the third most in a season in NFL history. And the Flyers are off until tomorrow night when they'll travel out west to take on the Kraken in Seattle. Uh, The puck tomorrow drops at 10 o'clock. And that's what I have for you this morning. Thank you, Kathy. Daylight will be arriving soon and with it a beautiful, beautiful day. And it's uh, wonderful to have a a Wednesday being a nice day. Wednesday's usually just kind of like blah, whatever. So we we have a stupid day. It's going to be nice uh, to have beautiful weather on this Wednesday morning. We have some things to sprinkle on that too, including a secret text word. We have a chance for you to win tickets to see the band Ghost Friday, August 25th. At Freedom Mortgage Pavilion, and tickets don't go on sale till Friday, so you win these before you can buy them. And you just text the word "secret" to three nine three three three. We will send a word back to you, and we'll ask you to call in with that word later. And the designated caller wins the tickets, and we'll pick a random winner too, yeah. randomly from texting in the word "secret." So please go for that and do it now. All right, we are also going to go live on Fox Good Day today. We're hoping they fixed our little <laughs> delay problem with them. Yeah, yeah. In the signal. We'll see how that works out. Uh, and our very good friend, Mr. Mark Summers, is going to be joining us. Mark just launched his uh, new podcast series. Uh, it's on YouTube. Really cool. Uh, and his first guest is uh, stage and, and screen actor Anthony Ramos. I watched uh, most of it. I need to watch a little bit more. But Mark's a great guy. He's a great interviewer, he is, too. Yeah, it's, He's really good at it. And he swore he would not do a podcast, and here he is. Yeah. So, yeah. But uh, he's uh, he's going great guns. He's getting lots of plugs around, uh, you know, the, the media uh, for it. So we're happy to have him on later on today. We'll talk to him in the clock hour, which is cool. He's also had in the most recent podcast, uh, Mark Maron had him on. Yes. Yeah. And they, they speak glowingly of the Preston and Steve show uh, during that as well. I got another one. Somebody sent me. Uh, Who's Jay, talking nice about us? Jay uh, Okerson and uh, Fitzdog. Yeah, Brian Fitzsimmons. They yeah, were Greg, they were, Greg. Or Greg Fitzsimmons. I'm sorry, you're right. Yeah, they were doing a, a podcast as well, and, and I haven't heard either one of these yet. I got to find those isolated moments and hear when they mention them. This is cool, man. Thank you guys. You don't have to do that. You don't have to do that. But they do it. You did it anyway. You're doing it. I'm ready to do it again. <laughs> I just did it, and I'm going to do it again. Uh, so we have these things and more to uh, to spread throughout this Wednesday morning. Let's take a break. Come back in a second. Entertainment report really weird story uh concerning bam margera and priscilla presley there's a follow-up to this which is really strange uh that and more coming up when we return stay with us did you know you could listen to all of wmmr's podcasts as well as our live stream on your alexa enabled device it's easy just say alexa open mmr now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLING. And that's your traffic on 93.3 WMMR. Is it gambling or gambler? That's what my copy says. Okay. So, it's gambler. I, I know. I that's why it's... I looked at you earlier because I'm yeah. like, I don't know. This is what the copy says. I, I was going to bring it up and then Kathy gave me this. <laughs> we had a moment. And we she, had a moment. She looked at me like, yeah, that's what it is. I'm like, okay. I'm like, oh, my God. But, I mean, it's a, a, a universal. It's a 1-800 number. It's 1-800-GAMBLER. Yeah. I think this yeah. copy is Maybe this one teaches you how to gamble better. (laughs) No, hold on 15. 
<laughs> I never considered that. Right, right. That there might not, be. Okay. You're not gambling well enough. Yeah, we need to help you with that. Yeah. All right, so uh, let's see. Stupid question. We're going to give away a 50 50- <laughs> a $50 Metro Diner dining card. All right. And the question I have for you this morning is, which U.S. president declared February Black History Month? Ah. 215-263-WMMR. If you happen to know that answer, please call because we've got a prize over here for you. Which well, ain't handled gambling. What's your game of choice? Uh, which U.S. president uh, declared February Black History Month? All right. I'll mention some birthdays today. While we wait for your answer, today is Wednesday, the 15th of February. I'm going to start with a friend of our show, and we think she's a friend. We've had her on many times. She is a wonderful woman. Her name is Jane Seymour. Yeah, man. She's, she likes us, right? She does. She really likes us. No, she does. I have her cell phone number, and I've texted her, um, like, after we have her on, I text her, and she always is happy to come on with she's us. She's a sweetheart. She, yeah. Yeah, her, and her chickens. Yes, that's uh, right. A ton of chickens yeah. in uh, her Malibu home. Yeah, yeah. She, you know what? Last time she was here, she I think she um uh, she was down at the shore again, and we tried to get her in, and like it didn't work with her schedule, and they were like, she really wants to come in, but like yeah. they they couldn't make it work. Uh, she's awesome. She celebrates her seventy second birthday today. Very classy gal. Absolutely, the uh, motorboating scene. Uh, the, uh, yeah, and, uh, wedding crashers. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, kitty cat. <laughs> Uh, so, it's also Mr. Matt Groening's birthday today, creator of The Simpsons, and he turned 69 years old today. Uh, in, in, in just outside of animated entertainment, in pop culture alone, how many seasons? 36? Yeah, I don't know. Many, something like that. It's a yeah. crazy amount of years The Simpsons been. If you take it on at the point where it was part of the Tracy Ullman show, yeah. I mean, it's just it's crazy. Yeah. This juggernaut Futurama all that stuff and and it started back with a uh, a, a comic strip called uh, Life in Hell which yeah. I, I used to read it was usually in like these little alt uh, newspapers local yep. newspapers absolutely it was just weird little comic strip and then when the Simpsons hit I'm like those characters look kind of the same <laughs> yeah and sure enough there you go and he's 69 years old today uh, Alex Borstein uh, who is the voice of, speaking of uh, animated, great shows, Lois and other characters on Family Guy. Yes. Uh, she is also uh, one of the stars in uh, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. She's, she's great. Mad TV. And so she is. She's, Her character she's awesome. on Mrs. Maisel is oh. terrific. Yep. Uh, she's 52 today. Uh, Joseph R. Uh, Ganascoli, who played Vito Spatafore hey. on uh, The Sopranos. Was he a main character? I, you guys know I'm uh, yeah, yeah. Later seasons he was. Okay. He um, uh, he ended up being gay, and uh, so, um, surprise, surprise, the mafia didn't really take well to gay characters. Right. Uh, and did gay, they whack him? They sure did, Steve. Yeah. And it was not a fun um, demise. Fazagabool. He, uh, did they cut off his unit or anything like that? It was a broomstick up the... Oh! Mm, oh that's not there. good. Wow. All right. Uh, So he is uh, 64 years old. Occasionally, if I'm multitasking, I'll do that, Nick. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Then we have uh, from the band Superchamp, John Hallowell, and he's one of the fewer known uh, members by name, but he plays that iconic saxophone solo in a logical song. Yes, absolutely. He's a sax player for Supertramp. I love Supertramp. Oh, what a great band. What a fantastic. That's my one regret. I did not get to see the band in... It's full incarnation in yes. concert. And then they eventually, a few of the members ended up just hating oh, each yeah. other. Hodgson and... Um, I forgot the other guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the guy singing this song. 
Uh, Roger Hodgson uh, saying he's the other lead vocalist, but yeah, they had real issues with each did other. Did he do? Did Roger? Did he do? Give a little bit? Is yes, that, yes, okay. that's yeah, Roger right. Hodgson. Uh, so John Hellowell, great sax player for Supertramp, turns uh, seventy-eight years old today. Uh, Jenny Stickinson, the model, American supermodel, it says here. I just saw a picture of her. She is, um, Kathy, she's completely fillered up. She is. Like, like she used to be kind of bad a while ago, but now she's way over the top. Yeah. Uh, so... Lisa Renna said, what the hell are you doing to your face? <laughs> wow. That's bad. Yeah. yeah. Uh, she is uh, 68 uh, years old today. And then the final actor I saw, or birthday I saw, is uh, Zachary Gordon, who is an actor, and played uh, Greg... In Diary of oh, a Wimpy Kid. Oh, Greg Rowley? In Diary of a Wimpy Kid? Yeah, okay. Or, or is he the main kid? Uh, Rowley was the, the, was, the, was the friend. Okay. Here's a picture so of So here's the deal. My kids loved those books, right? And yep. then they came out with the movie, and the, he's the main character in the right, movie. Right, right. He's a total a-hole. And they and they they make the whole like you know it's a, the whole so I don't know if the character in the book is as bad as the way he is. So I just want to have some sort of uh, affinity for this right. kid, and he's just a like an a hole like really jealous of his buddy like his buddy Rally is kind of like this nerdy uh, you know porky kid. So they screwed up the tone of the books, and 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 yeah. And uh, he's like mean to him, and you can't uh, have that. You, you can't have that. Like wow, not as your, your hero, not as not as the main character of the book. I was not aware of that. No, well, no, no one made me aware. No, <laughs> no one made me aware. Of <laughs> well, the wimpy kid diaries. Uh, so he has a hey! birthday. Thank you, Pitch. Uh, and then I missed one. Uh, Nick brought this up. Uh, our buddy, uh, former Flyer Brian Prop, has ah. his birthday today. He is sixty-four years old. He's great. Uh, stroke survivor. Yes. Uh, has come way back from where he was when he initially uh, had that happen. In his life and loves golf. He loves, <laughs> loves golf. Yep, most definitely. So, happy birthday, Brian Prop. All right, let's see if someone does indeed know the answer to this stupid question. Uh, which U.S. president declared February Black History Month? 215 263 WMMR. We go to Noah, see if he knows the answer. Hey, Noah, good morning. Hello. Hello. All right, Noah, which U.S. president declared February Black History Month, please? Gerald Ford. You are correct. <laughs> Gerald Ford. Made in February, Black History Month, and you are right. Hang on, Noah. We're going to set you up with a $50 Metro Dining Card, Metro Diner Dining Card, and you can kick mealtime traditions to the curb this year. Enjoy new hearty dishes like the Carnitas Scramble Bowl and Metro Cristo, uh, a sandwich stack between two fried jelly donuts topped <laughs> with uh, powdered, su- powdered sugar, and you can visit uh, MetroDiner.com for more. Thank you, sir. All right, so we'll start with this uh, interesting little story, and, and kind of uh, it's there's a lot of details here. Olivia Wilde and Jason Sudeikis' former nanny has filed a wrongful termination lawsuit against the pair, alleging that she was fired due to her mental health. So Erica Gennaro is her name. Uh, she began working with the uh, former couple in 2018, filed a lawsuit Tuesday in Los Angeles Superior Court in the complaint, Gennaro details the alleged unbearable anxiety and stress she faced while caring for the pair's two kids, Daisy and Otis, after Wilde had moved out. A rep for Sudeikis referenced the former couple's previous response to the allegations in October of last year, and this is what they had said at the time. As parents, it's incredibly upsetting to learn a former nanny of our two young children would choose to make such false and uh, scurrilous accusations about about us publicly. 
Uh, they previously said her now 18-month-long campaign of harassing us as well as loved ones, close friends and colleagues has reached its unfortunate apex. We will continue to focus on raising and protecting our children with a sincere hope that she will now choose to leave our family alone. Well, she's not, so she's filing no, a suit. So, yeah, I remember this other lawsuit or this other hubbub. And was she the one, apparently, who Jason Sudeikis had asked about this salad dressing that Olivia Wilde had made for... Uh, I'm not sure if that's uh, the same person. It sounds like it might it be. It sounds like it, right? Yeah. You remember so, that whole story? I do. Yeah. In fact, Rochelle printed up the recipe of the salad, <laughs> and we have yet to have it. Oh, really? Yeah. She she meant to take it to the uh, the grocery store with us the other day to get the ingredients. Oh, so, so Degas was apparently irate that she was making, that Olivia Wilde was making her special salad dressing for Harry Styles. Yes. Which clearly indicated to him that they were doing oral. But, like, here's the deal. Like, I, I don't know what her mental, mental, mental health status is or was at this time. But when you're talking about the safety of your children, yeah. your mental health has, like, no bear. Like, you know what I mean? Like, well, I'm sorry, but if your mental health m- makes me feel... Uncomfortable with un- the... Yes. Yeah, around yeah. the kids? No, yeah. that's absolutely the case. Which is why... Uh, let me give you the details okay. here of, of, of this, and it's. You, I think you might come to the same conclusion as me. But uh, Gennaro alleged that uh, Sudeikis would ask her to, quote, stay up at night after the kids were put to bed to talk, noting that the subject matter naturally evolved to speaking about Olivia Wilde. Uh, the former nanny claimed these conversations caused extreme anxiety as she felt she had to pick sides between Sudeikis and Wilde. Uh, Gennaro's role in the kids' lives allegedly increased exponentially, according to the complaint. Uh, the pressure of Gennaro not only being the primary caretaker of the children, but also uh, filling in uh, Wilde's absence for the children, uh, became debilitating, is according to the suit. All right. At, at one point, Gennaro allegedly met with Olivia in Palm Springs to discuss becoming anxious and stressed with the situation at the home. So she feels like she's torn between torn. two uh, lovers, lovers and feeling, feeling like, like a, a fool. fool. Yeah. No, but anyhow, she's, she's in the middle of this thing. So Gennaro said she felt a, quote, genuine sense of relief and camaraderie with Wilde. Uh, but claimed that about a month later, Sudeikis told Gennaro that the actress had shared with him the entire conversation. So she, Olivia, had said, hey, the, by the way, the nanny told me all this. Uh, so she felt betrayed. All right. So anyhow, as the news of Sudeikis' and Wild split uh, hit the media, uh, Gennaro claimed her anxiety and stress did not get any better. Uh, they eventually attended group therapy with Gennaro. That's kind of weird. As the former couple uh, recognized the emotional toll of the situation. I'd like to bring someone else into our session. Uh, Gennaro also claimed that she began seeing an osteopath for her physical pain, anxiety, and stress. And she alleged that her osteopath suggested she That's take... someone who can read your mind, right? No. Uh, this is uh, not... A, a, a osteopath is... Uh, they have to do with... Um, your, uh, your, bone, your, your bones and density. Your, yes, all of that. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, it's a doctor. Yeah. Uh, she alleged Get off my back. <laughs> that her osteopath suggests that she take a three-day medical leave of absence because of her mental health, also known as stress leave. When Gennaro responded that she is under the uh, that she was under the osteopath's orders uh, to not speak with anyone because of her anxiety, she said Sudeikis terminated her on the spot. That's according to the uh, allegations. Uh, Gennaro is now seeking damages of loss of earnings, uh, deferred compensation, and other employment benefits. I now, think- if that's all, if it's just legit, you know, uh, loss of earnings right. type of thing, and it and it's reasonable, maybe I could see a little bit of that. But it sounds like it's just a it's it's a tough gig, and it was too much for you. you it, know that's what, I mean? what it sounds like. And also, you're not you're not obliged to keep someone employed. 
you know, yeah. who you feel is a risk element to your family. If someone says, listen, I'm having these issues, well, I understand that. Yeah, but uh, these are our children. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah. And well, what about that salad dressing? <laughs> How about yeah. this salad dressing? That's goddamn salad on. dressing. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it all seems a little light to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. It doesn't seem like there's a whole lot there. Yeah, but, well, in but, court, think of how that's going to play out in court. How yeah. do you how do you definitively draw the lines? You know, as I said before, we're all pre-med on the show, so we don't know all the inner workings of the courtroom, but it seems that would be hard to prove. Yeah. And and but maybe maybe Wilden Sudegas will go. All right, here's a little bit of money for right. you know your your time off of work. Now shut up. Now go find another job and yeah. shut up. <laughs> yeah. Wilden Sudeikis. Where, where were those pictures I was supposed to see? Uh, so they called they called the whole accusations of false. So um, it's it's all a big hubbub at, at the moment. Um, can I go to this call real quick? I think uh, that'd be great. Let me do this. I'm sorry to jump in here, Roy, but uh, this is uh, Chris and her daughter, Brooklyn, uh, wanted to pop in real quick. On the line. Hi. Good morning, Chris. Hi. Good morning, guys. Thanks hey. so much for taking our call. I'm uh, here with my nine-year-old daughter, Brooklyn. Say hi. Hi. You guys rock. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Brooklyn. Now, you guys are, are going somewhere this morning, Chris. You wanted to tell yeah, us about that? So I'm a longtime listener, and... Brooklyn's a newly uh, new listener. We've been going to CHOP every day for the last three days. She's having to have some tests done. She's a child with epilepsy, and uh, she's as soon as I turned you guys on at 6.15, she's like, oh, my God, I love these guys. Yes. <laughs> and then, Brooklyn, what did you say? I said that I really like Heston. Isn't that wonderful? Thank you, Brooklyn. So. We were just calling to say good morning and to give her a cool experience with being on the radio for the first time as a nine-year-old. I think she'll be pretty excited to tell her class tomorrow. That is awesome. She she knocked it out of the park. That's fantastic. And, and, and Brooklyn, just promise that you won't repeat a lot of what you hear on the yeah. show today. Yes. <laughs> yes. Fortunately, she doesn't understand most. Of All right. Cool. <laughs> All right. All right, Brooklyn. Good luck with everything. We love you guys. Thanks for listening. Okay. Thank you. Love you guys. All right. We'll that see you later. So sweet. Nice. It's got to make you feel yeah. good. I feel Yeah. I feel like I could take on the world. Aww. Yeah. That's fantastic. But there's a lot of people, Preston. Yeah, you'd, there you'd are. Eventually so you'd yeah. eventually tie around. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, uh, I want to move on to this story that I mentioned earlier, and it is, uh, it's a little funky here, and it involves our friend Bam Margera. Yeah. Priscilla Presley's... Alleged friendship with Bam appears to be short-lived. She's apparently uh, ripping on him a little bit for claiming that she gave him one of Elvis's rings and robes. Uh, and apparently she says that Bam made the whole thing up. The date, that was like a first... The picture with them together was like a first-time encounter. Yep. They don't have a long-term friendship. And Bam so, was saying they did? Yeah, she, she was, was kind of suggesting it. Yeah, so Bam... He's apologized for suggesting that. Yeah, Priscilla tells TMZ that Bam has betrayed not only her, but also her son, Navarone Garcia, by falsely claiming that she gifted him a couple of Elvis's personal items and filming in their home without her consent. So it's a stark rebuttal to what Bam had said earlier this month. He claimed that Priscilla gave him a robe and a ring that once belonged to Elvis, which seemed kind of weird. Uh, Bam said that he was going to pass the robe on to his dad, on to Phil, who's apparently a huge Elvis fan, and then give the ring to uh, Yellow Wolf, who Bam considers the new king of rock and roll. I don't know who Yellow Wolf is. Sure, give my belongings either to Bam or Wee Man. Uh, The... (laughs) 
The friendship seemingly popped up out of nowhere last week when Bam posted pictures and videos of him hanging out with uh, Priscilla. So we saw those, right? right yeah. Uh, Bam made it seem like uh, he and uh, Priscilla were buddies, uh, but she says that statement couldn't be farther from the truth. Instead, Priscilla sells, says that uh, Navarone asked her to have a new friend come over for a visit, yeah. uh, but she had no idea that it was Bam or that later he would choose to post photos and false stories. So this Navarone guy is the big fan, the big Bam fan. Right, right. So he's, but, he's in those photos, too, the Navarone guy yeah. and, and Yellow Wolf. So in the series where Bam posts a picture of him and uh, Priscilla, uh, in the next few photos, it's um, uh, Navarone and Yellow Wolf. Yeah, and he, you can tell that they're kind of birds of the feather. He's got uh, tattoos on his hands and stuff like that. Yeah. And, and he's kind of, you know, they're, they're kind of in the same vibe, I guess. So it's basically, uh, Ma, can I, can I have my friend over? And uh, he takes a picture. So listen to this. Priscilla says that Bam came over, talked nonstop about his new ventures and personal struggles, and asked for a photo with me for his father, who is a big fan. And then she said, unbeknownst to us at the time, Bam chose to circulate those photos accompanied by false information and storytelling. After what Bam has chosen to do, my son and I want no further communication with him. I consider him a dishonest and unstable individual. I had no idea who he was or that he was filming in my home without my consent. Uh, what's more, Priscilla's camp says that the robe did not belong to Elvis and that the ring is actually one of Bam's. She said at no time during the visit did I give him anything of Elvis's. I still have everything he ever touched. I would never disrespect Elvis, who was the love of my life, by giving away anything that belonged to him. I have always protected them for the fans. Uh, Elvis belonged to all of you, and I cherished my life with him too much to ever squander mm. anything. Wow. So, yeah, no, she's and shutting that down. Th- right there's away. a couple of things here, too, because we know Bam to be actually a, a, you know, a great guy and can be. He's, just, he's clearly going through all sorts of issues and bipolar issues and things that are affecting him and screwing things up. Steve-O tried to get him on the the better path, yeah. taking him on tour, and that didn't quite work out. So, yeah, And this I mean, is just another road bump. And and I, you said something in there that he's an unstable person. He is. That That's yeah. what we know. And unfortunately, yep. that's what he's struggling with. Yep. All I know is that I got my road back. <laughs> Congratulations. That's man. right, man. Uh, so Priscilla also says she hopes... By the way, this is me in heaven. Okay. Yeah. Nice to know you're still up there. I'm still up here, man. Uh, Priscilla says that she hopes Bam gets the help he needs to do uh, and does what is right. Bam, by the way, is apologizing now he publicly. Did. Yes. He apologized to Priscilla and Navarone for his behavior and says that she didn't give him the robe or the ring. Nevertheless, Bam is seemingly continuing to maintain that the robe and ring did once belong to Elvis Presley, though in a lengthy Instagram post... He says, Navarone, not Priscilla, was the one who gave him the memorabilia. He says, Navarone gave me a robe and ring that I gave Phil to be a part of his Elvis stuff. Uh, and while Priscilla told us that uh, she and Navarone are there, or told uh, TMZ that she and Navarone are done with Bam, it sounds like Bam's not done with Navarone because he says, uh, uh, quote, I'm making Navarone a $10,000 heart gram necklace because I love his band. With hopes to record and tour. And he showed a picture of said, I guess on his Instagram, yep. of the piece of jewelry. Uh-huh. It, it's all kind of weird. Yep, it is weird. So, But when I, I remember seeing, when the first time I saw the picture of Bam with Priscilla Presley, I'm like, huh? Yeah, I know, I know. What's going on here, right. man? Well, we'll see where this goes. That's right. 
John Favreau got his star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame on Monday and was joined by his own star, Robert Downey Jr. Uh, but Downey, who uh, Favreau, of course, famously fought to cast in the original Iron Man through a comical curveball when the star was being unveiled. Uh, you can see Downey, he goes, hold on, I just have to make this official. And he reached into his mouth. Pulled out some gum and then smashed it down on the star. Because <laughs> they end up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's what happens there. In I fact, mean, there's, there are, there's an entire crew that goes around removing that stuff <laughs> from the, the stars on the Walk of Fame. Yep, so he says, now we're ready after he did that. Of course, Favreau directed Iron Man and Iron Man 2 from Marvel Studios, establishing both the tone of the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe and the visual language for the series. And he would return time and time again as his character, Happy Hogan, uh, Tony's dutiful head of security. Uh, Favreau also directed the live-action-ish remakes of Disney classics Jungle Book, The Lion King, uh, and created Mandalorian, uh, yeah. The Book of Boba Fett, and all kinds of stuff. So he's just a he's a juggernaut. And at some point, Favreau is, uh, was also working on a Jungle Book sequel for the studio utilizing the same mixture of technology that made his remake so singular. I don't know if that'll ever come to pass or not. We'll see. Uh, speaking of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, uh, Emma Corrin, <coughs> excuse me, uh, best known for portraying Princess Diana on The Crown, uh, she's going to join the MCU. She's actually was already a part of it because she was in um, Guardians of the Galaxy yes. 2. Yes. Uh, but she's going to co-star with Ryan Reynolds uh, and Hugh Jackman in the third installment of Deadpool. I think that's going to be good. Yeah. Uh, she has a unique look about her. Yeah, very much so. Is and, she playing Diana? Uh, no, she's oh. not playing Diana. But, she, man, wonderful in The Crown. Yeah, she's as, excellent. As Princess Diana. Uh, Corden's exact role has, been, uh, has not been announced, but they're expected to play the villain. So uh, that, that'll be interesting. Yeah, that would, that, that in would Deadpool be cool. three, uh, which is scheduled to hit uh, theaters September sixth of twenty twenty four. Yeah. Well, the reason is they they go through about forty <laughs> passes on the the script, you know, and and punch it up and keep sure, adding sure. jokes and asides. Yeah. And uh, there've been uh, there've been pictures of uh, Hugh Jackman uh, exercising out. now, <laughs> pumping up his arms one more time. Yeah, he's a machine. That's the and we have to go through that for radio. Every, we have to do that intense training. Yeah, so that especially we, like camp out for hunger when oh we're in God. person and we gotta taking all those performance enhancing drugs. Well, we have those shirtless scenes. Oh my do, God, and, you know it's it's just it's demanding. Gotta, gotta get ready for them. Uh, Sean Levy, who directed Reynolds in Free Guy and The Adam Project, is taking over filmmaking duties for Deadpool 3, which is the first R-rated installment for Disney's MCU. Uh, Fox distributed the first two Deadpool films prior to Disney's acquisition of 20th Century Fox in 2019. Um, So it's pretty exciting stuff. It should be pretty badass, and we got a little ways to go, but... I, I I like the fact that um, Emma Corrin is going to be the villain. I think I think that's a cool cast. But they keep it as unhinged and as incorrect as the first two were because oh. that was so terrific. That's what made them work so well. And how could it not be? Yeah, I mean they they have no choice. They will they will definitely do that. Rebel Wilson appeared on Monday's episode of the Life Uncut podcast and shared how her and uh, Ramona Agruma's families responded to the news of their romantic relationship. Uh, She said, uh, my whole family has been just amazing. Uh, Ramona's family hasn't been as accepting. And so so in many respects, it's been a lot harder on her to have to make the news public. Uh, She said, um, or the senior year actress uh, added that she hopes that Ramona's family will come around someday and said, uh, with her, 
Uh, she's not in the public eye. It's much harder on her. It's so sad to see what happened with her family over it. But hopefully people will change in their attitude about things. What is her occupation again? She's something, right, related to I don't know. entertainment, I thought. Nope. like Really sure. And if you look at Rebel Wilson, man, she looks nothing yeah. like she used to look. Nothing. I, even facially. Yeah, agreed. Uh, so, extra reports that Megan Fox, Machine Gun Kelly were photographed going into an office building together the day before Valentine's Day for couples counseling. <laughs> they were also spotted on a in a car together on Valentine's Day, suggesting that the couple is trying to work things out. So they had a body language expert, you know, examining the pictures. You know these things. They always do this grab. Uh-huh. And uh, this expert says there's tension there. There's tension There's tension between the two people coming out of couples therapy. Yeah. What are the odds? And between the people that uh, removed all photos of each other, or at least she did, on Instagram. There appears to be tension. Uh, Speaking of uh, relationships, Terry Crews is giving couples sage advice this Valentine's Day. Uh, He spoke out yesterday about his marriage of 33 years to Rebecca King Crews. And he said, the secret is you cannot love someone and control them at the same time. True. Never forget that. Terry Cruz is right. When you know there's a difference between love and control, you've got the secret. And now it becomes magic. So that's his advice. Uh, this is pretty interesting. A deadline reports uh, there's a video of Steven Spielberg and Tom Cruise interacting at the Oscar nominees luncheon on Friday. And it's making the rounds on social media. After the pair hug in the video, Spielberg tells Cruz, you saved Hollywood's ass, (laughs) referring to the success that he had with Top Gun Maverick. And he said, you might have saved theatrical distribution. He said, seriously, Maverick might have saved the entire theatrical industry. I don't think that's uh, overstating things. Uh, You know, as things are getting back on their feet. With the theatrical experience, you had Top Gun Maverick, which seemed to be, you know, he... Cruz was very adamant. I'm not releasing this to streaming. Yeah. This is going to be, and he held out. Yep. And the proof is in the in the pudding. And now we have Avatar. We have movies where yeah. people are feeling like I want to go see that on the big screen. Lots so of can, can we just do something about the concession prices? You know, I think that's. I think they're going to pinch you for every way they can because they got to make up lost ground. Mm. You know, I just, I, well, yeah. what, what is a, it's been a while, but what is, I went the other night. What would you pay for over forty two dollars? For two kids, for 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 me and my my son, just for the concessions. Just for, just for concessions. Did you get oh. any pudding while you were there? No, the pudding dispenser was broken. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, <laughs> the worst part was uh, the movie had a glitch and we didn't actually watch the movie. It was a Quasimania, right? We, yeah, we sat in the theater for an hour that waiting sucks. for them to figure out uh, this technical glitch, and then. Uh, and I, I left with, um, you know, $42 worth of popcorn and <laughs> So that was just concession. That was just concession. Because I, I was shocked at, I recently went to the movies with Jace, and I was shocked at the price of the ticket. Like, it was so cheap. Mm. Did um, you go to matinee? I can't. Probably a matinee, right? No, but no, because I wasn't, like, I wasn't expecting a matinee price. Like, I know that it's cheaper during the day. Like, you know what? It, I think it was, um, I think it, maybe it was during the day, but it was a weekend. So I wasn't expecting that that cheaper price but i was like shocked by the price of the ticket i just i uh as far as the concessions go dude i we never ever ever buy the concessions there do you I bring just, stuff with you absolutely are you allowed because i'm well, so always hiding it when i walk I in went we hide the, it. 
Oh, I, I'm I'm yeah, I I'm four it. months along. Yeah. I mean, that was like growing up. That's my mom was like, "Nope, what do you guys want?" We would yeah. stop at like Seven Eleven or Wawa. Oh, wow. We hit Wawa every time. Buy wow. the exact same yeah. thing for like a quarter of the price. My mom yeah. would shove it in her bag. That's and... why the colder months are easier to <laughs> yeah. go to the movies. I want a can ham. You can throw them all in your pockets. Yeah, it was at the fashion district. Wetzel's Pretzels was closed. And so I you was planning. I was that. planning on it, yeah. but also uh, they have. Like, uh, <laughs> the last time I went to that particular movie theater, the person that was uh, collecting tickets they wouldn't let me in with my Wetzel's pretzels. A lot of times, I don't even hide it. You just, you just you, walk. You just walk well, in, well, and, and well, they don't really care. You got to put in a little effort. Uh, yeah. 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 I guess that's it, right? Is it don't ask, don't tell. Basically, yeah, 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 I don't yeah. think you have to put in the effort anymore. You don't. I, I've walked in like with a Wawa bag, and nobody yep. has said anything at this point. So me I'm just too. like, I think they're just happy to have people in the theater. I think so too. Walk in with that with that turkey leg, Nick. I got uh, like uh, you know the and the, a grog. Gi- the giant the quote unquote share bag of peanut M and M's uh, where I'm not doing any sharing whatsoever. Oh. Share with yourself. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I will always hide it just to uh, just out of. I a, get nervous. Yeah, I don't get nervous, but I gotta but get I the just, popcorn. That's the thing. Like, uh, yeah, I will they got popcorn. Kathy in the back. It's like Midnight Express, you know, <laughs> <laughs> standing up on a strip naked. I have a hard time, like. Doing the wrong thing. Snow caps in her ass. I don't know if this is allowed. They're interrogating her, yeah. Liar whore, liar whore. No, 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 they were just found them walking in. I I like clams, what can I say? You're a liar. A liar and a whore. Liar whore, liar whore, and you know it. There were Twizzlers there on the floor, I just picked them up. Uh, by the way, speaking of uh, Top Gun Maverick, Steve, you sent me the teaser for the Oscars and Jimmy Kimmel hosting. That is hilarious. They did a great job. I loved it. It's a parody. John Hamm is in it. It's a parody, uh, and and there's some surprises. So yeah. if you get a chance to watch it, it's it's very very well done. Um, uh, oh, we mentioned this late in the show yesterday. According to Variety, Apple TV Plus announced the season three premiere date for Ted Lasso Tuesday. Uh, and wait. They said they mentioned it yesterday. Wait, uh, they mentioned it yesterday, Tuesday. Yeah, but it goes Tuesday, February fourteenth. I don't need to know that. I know when the hell it happened. Anyway, <laughs> they shared a teaser for the new season. Now, that I've not seen yet. Uh, I saw it. It is set to return to the uh, streaming platform on March fifteenth. We are one month away from Ted Lasso. The teaser is very. It's not related technically to the the series. Every one of the team members has done their own riff on the Believe. Okay, and and put it over their locker area. Oh, okay. Okay, uh, and uh, it's it's really listen. So yesterday they reported. My wife says, "Why why are they reporting on the on this show?" I said, "This it's kind of a phenomenon." Yeah. So, and I think that's what a lot of people have really tied into this, and that's why Ted Lasso gets special accommodation. Yeah. Did uh, has Claire seen it? Yes. Oh, she loves it. Oh, okay. Oh, she, we, we, we watch it together. We love the series. So uh, we have that uh, the teaser available on uh, com. by the way. So I'm very excited for that. And thank you again, Casey, for initially making me watch that show. <laughs> and I've watched it, like, the whole thing three times through at least. All right. So we're ready for clips, I believe. <laughs> Mystery clips? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't even know what they are yet. All right. Mystery clips. So uh, we'll play a clip. If you know what it is, raise your hand. You get to guess at uh, who. Do we have one ready? Uh, nope, not over yet. Are you trying to not to look at it so uh, you can I'm play too? I'm trying not to look over it either. Okay. Marissa, give me a thumbs up when it... Wait, she's not in there. She yeah. is. Oh, there, there she is. She All right, is. thumbs up. <laughs> no. All right, there's one. All right, here we go. First clip, Mr. Clip, here we go. I'm a big fan of horror films. I'm a big fan of Winnie the Pooh. So when Pooh. they sent me Pooh. the script and they asked me to audition for Alice, I was like... Yes, please, and thank you. Where do I sign up? Like, this is amazing. I love the script. I think it's great. 
Wow. And well, she's talking about Winnie the Pooh. Pig. Alice the Wonderland. Uh, I have no idea who it is. Neither do I. Uh, uh, Amber Doig Thorne. <laughs> Doig? Doig. Amber Doig Thorne. Doig. D-O-I-G. Doig Thorne. Okay. And um, Marissa's got her finger up. She wants to say something. All right. Hold on. Let me go ahead, Marissa. Everyone's favorite honey bear poo <laughs> takes a killer turn oh. in the film Winnie the All Pooh, right. Blood and Honey. It's okay. in theaters today. I've heard okay. of this. Yeah, it's yep. supposed to be pretty good. Hang on. I want to see. This gal looks somewhat familiar. Uh, Amber Doig Thorne. I want to see. And she plays Alice, apparently, in this. And it's it's a horror film. Uh, and no, I don't recognize her from anything else. All right. Nope. So here we go. Next mystery clip. Let's see what we get. Drum roll, please. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, man. Mr. Clip. Come on, man. All right, here we go. Some people uh, <laughs> may manipulate oh. yeah. to try and get a part in a film or a whatever, you know. But, uh, <laughs> but the craft of acting, I don't think is having to do That's Liam Neeson. That actor has full-blown AIDS. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Some people... Uh, Listen to that. Yeah. Oh, my. Some people uh, <laughs> may manipulate t- to try and get a part. Yeah, totally. But the craft of acting, I don't... Think is no. I have a specific set of skills. Wow. Uh, what is he promoting? Uh, hang on, Marissa, uh, what's that? Winnie the Pooh. That is Liam Neeson throwing shade at other actors for uh, stealing roles in the industry, but he is talking about his new movie, Marla, which opens right. today. He's playing the private detective, and um, he, he, I, I don't know. I don't think he's quite the right choice for that. Uh, for the detective? Yeah. Okay. I mean, he's great, but I yeah. think he's one notch off what you need uh, to be that sort of gumshoe, that private dick, as they say. Uh, is is Mar- is the character a well-known? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Marlo. So, um, and it's, you know, the, the, that classic kind of, you know. Philip uh, Marlo, it yeah. says here. Interesting. All right. That is the entertainment report for today. Uh, we are going to take a break. When we return, uh, we have several things that are taking place today. By the way, we're going to go live on Fox Good Day. Our buddy Mark Summers is going to be joining us in the 8 o'clock hour. Uh, we also have a secret text word today. Chance for you to win tickets to see Ghost. That sh- show is coming up Friday, August 25th at Freedom Mortgage Pavilion. The tickets don't go on sale till this Friday. So text word secret to 39333. You might win before the program is up. We'll break and come back in a moment. So hang out with us. 65 degrees today. Oh. Wait, what day? Where was that place, Preston and Steve said that guy did that thing that one time? Uh, don't bother your friends. If you missed something on the Preston and Steve show, the daily podcast and the YouTube stream are posted on PrestonandSteve.com every day after the show for just such occasions. It's always there and always free. And that is until the internet breaks and we've got bigger problems. I'm going to have a hard time with this next story because I can't find my glasses. Did a cat come into the studio oh, or... Yeah. You, you know how cats are. Where is he? Stealing glasses. He's not here. He's not over... Th- no, he's here. Is he's he here? here? Yeah, yeah, he's I here. I think he's in the office he's somewhere. In the office. Oh, okay, I didn't see him anywhere. Oh, Kyle, man. Kyle. God bless him. <laughs> Kyle sent us a text this morning saying he was going to be late getting here because uh, his girlfriend's cat stole his glasses. Casey just responded, but that's a new one. That's, that's a, a new one. one. <laughs> well, I pointed out I have eight cats. 
And they build their nests out of glasses. You know, yes. <laughs> so they'll they'll steal glasses if you don't. In fact, the, if, oh there he is. Oh there we go. Okay. Yeah. All right, he's arrived. Hi, right. Kyle. Oh good. I he, see you found your glasses. He, right. Yeah. Okay. You had to kill a cat for those glasses. You know, that's where her. That's where the cat's eggs were. Yeah. <laughs> Kathy pointed out. He's like he could have just said, "I'm just running late." You know, he could have left it. Not that the cat. Every single one of us stole the glasses. Yeah. I will say, my cats take odd items. I, they've never taken my glasses, but uh, they sometimes I'm like, "What is that doing on the floor?" And it's like something odd that they're playing with. Do you? Does your uh, male cat ever put the moves on on um, so feminine? Like clothes no, that you've worn? No, it's the female. Oh, really? It's the female. And it's not the clothes. She'll, like, she will follow me. Or, uh, she I, she knows, and she will follow me around the house and, like, whine and cry. Huh. It's I, weird. Sisters. So not just cats, but our, our, our dogs. Uh, Rook, the male dog, eats underwear. Uh, and, and Yours? No, Rochelle's. Wow. And... The other day, he, he ate the crotch out of her jeans. Man, that's your job. I, right? <laughs> that's insane. That's He's moving like... in, but he always goes after that. He always goes after her underwear and, and her know. crotch. And, Does he ever fist pants. bump you? <laughs> right? Bros, right? Man, that's, yeah. I know why you go there, man, and dig it, too. Did she use that as an excuse as to why she was late for her, her appointment? <laughs> <laughs> no. Wait. I can't come in right now. My dog ate the crotch out of my jeans. Yeah. Is it um, when she is, it's that time of the month? I don't think it's exclusively that. No, because, I mean, my cat, like, she will, she gets this, like, whiny cry. And I'm like, it's, like, I'm, it's Pheromones are really, I I have every, I yes, I I believe that's part of it. There's something in the pheromones or whatever that activates that in some animals. Yeah, yeah, it's really strange. It's weird. Yeah. But, um, Disgusting animals. I know. I know. They're <laughs> just because they like thick. to eat uh, used uh, feminine hygiene products. And yeah. Well, listen. That that yeah. happened. That used to happen too. Like uh, any tampons that happened. We ended up, ended up having to get a trash can that had a closing lid on same, top of Preston, it. Same. Same thing. And and she can get into the trash can. So I have to put the <laughs> tissue box on top of the trash can that has a lid. Kathy oh, has really? a picture of her suspended from the ceiling on a wire with <laughs> an earpiece. Yeah. <laughs> a la Mission Impossible. <laughs> Uh, it's wild. I, and I guess it's, you know. I am just above the receptacle. I can smell the feminine hygiene products. <laughs> I'm going to go in. All right, hang on a second here. Somebody wants to concur, uh, Kyle, uh, and his excuse real quick. I'm going to go to Mike on the phone. Hey, Mike, good morning. Morning. How are you guys doing? Great. What's up, Mike? I'm good. How are you guys doing? Wonderful. What's going on? What do you want to talk about, buddy? Uh, but Kyle and his cat stealing his glasses. Same yeah. thing happened to me a while back. Wow. So you, you, what'd you do? Like leave your glasses on the nightstand and when you woke up, they were someplace else? Yeah. I searched the whole part. We were living in an apartment at the time and I searched the whole apartment for him and I'm like, I didn't know what to do. And here I, on a whim, I just searched the bathroom and here on the, on the tubs, on the siding of the tub between the shower curtain and the shower curtain liner, they were sitting right there. So your cat was building her nest there. <laughs> <laughs> the glass and the glass nest. And then they, they actually bind them together with eye drops. The cat actually picks, picked them up with his or her mouth, carried them out of the room that you were in. Well, the cat we had, the cat we had at the time had a history of stealing stuff like that. Okay. And, and All right. Finding, you know, and, you know, leaving it in weird places in the apartment. And the, I don't know. I just, 
I happened to search that part of the house, and that's where I found him. No, Mike, Mike, cats can be, and, and are notorious thieves now and then, and will grab oh, yeah. things and we'll walk them around. That's what they do. Yeah. Oh, know? absolutely, absolutely. I, I don't see cats as, like, Thanks, the, the transferring of, of things like that, unless it's, like, a dead animal. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah? No, they'll, they'll, they'll play. They'll, they'll move stuff around. Yeah. Okay. I yeah. was telling Steve, this is a, a little more it would attract a, a cat, but, like, um, if I have a, a, like, a winter hat with, like, one of the, like, poofy balls on the top, yeah. I'll find the hat, like, upstairs, and it was down downstairs by the, you know, by the door ready to leave. He carries it around. She my carries cat, it around. Oscar built a nest out of my old butt plugs. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But those are like like fuzzy weird yeah, things yeah, that yeah. the claws can go into, right. not hard glasses. Like, I see them, like, knocking things off of tables. And, yes, and, that's and hilarious. And nice <laughs> it is. I love it. I just, because I, like, I'm trying to figure out what's going on in their head, because they're just looking at it and they're like, glasses, well, yeah, I know. Glasses don't seem to have the the texture they would be attracted to, but right. yeah, go figure. Yeah. There's listen, and you know, yeah. they they all have different personalities. That's it. They they, they, have, they have similar traits, but some are a little weirder than others. And some have a glasses. I like fetish. country music. Yeah. You like rock and roll. Yeah, that's <laughs> the way it is. All right, anyhow, just wanted to point that out. Uh, to be honest, I have a few stories I'd like to uh, get out of the way in this particular segment. So I think we need to open up the store, dust off the shelves, and shop around a little bit today. For some odds and ends. The odds and ends store with Preston Elliott. They just opened their new glasses hut. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I saw this the other day, and I've actually seen this article pop up a few times. I thought this was quite interesting. Uh, it has to do with headlights on cars yeah. being, being too bright. I just had an experience this morning where there was a car behind me that had those oh. older blue yeah. For a while, they were all the rage. Super bright. Steve, me too. And yeah. it was uh, when I was leaving my neighborhood, and this guy was coming in the opposite direction, but it was alarming yes. how bright. And he, he didn't Way have his too bright, bright. And he didn't have his brights on. Neither were, did this car. That's weird. I mean, I'm, not, I'm like, I don't, that, I I guess maybe they stopped putting those in vehicles of that. Because huh. I used to, I was seeing them for a, a while, and then um, it seems to have diminished. No, things are getting worse. Are they? Yeah, and I'll, I'll explain why. There's a couple of reasons here. And, and I think I'm, my car might have uh, uh, the, the regular lights that are a little too high. I get, um, I, I, people will flash me from time to time. Even when yeah. you're not, uh, yeah. brights are not. Not their boobs, but yeah. And uh, and so I have to, I got to hit them back with the sun guns and go, sorry, man, I don't have my brights yeah. on. and. Yeah. Uh, and it happens, but uh, according to a few experts, John uh, Bullock is his name, uh, has been uh, sounding the alarm on the topic for years. Bullock works closely with headlights and vehicle manufacturers to try to address the issue and said that there are three primary factors that have shifted in the past few decades that caused headlights to appear brighter and cause more glare. First off, he says... Vehicles, especially in the United States, are getting taller and taller. That's true. Add to that, the color of many headlights has shifted from a warmer yellow hue to a harsher blue-white one. And finally, and this is, I think, one of the things that people don't consider, most cars have at least one headlight that is misaligned. Oh, really? And apparently this isn't a new problem, but other shifts have made it into a serious issue. The most important factor, Bullock says, is how common it is for cars to have headlights out of alignment. He said, we actually did some measurements not too long ago and found uh, that probably about two-thirds of every car had at least one headlight that was either aimed too high up, which is something that creates a lot of glare for other drivers, or too far down, which essentially limits their visibility. A key issue is that as cars are produced, there isn't a specific entity tasked with ensuring alignment. I thought that was 
I thought that used to be part of the inspection, but I guess it's not. So federal regula- regulations over car headlights are equipment-based standards only, meaning that the headlight is certified independently of the vehicle itself. Mm. After installation, there is no testing to make sure that it's still aimed properly huh. or that it's putting out enough light on the road and it's not glaring on the driver. So there's no standard. Yeah. Am I not sure? Do you remember there was a time when they that would be part of the inspection? Or I, I don't remember that. that I just yeah. assumed that there was. Yeah. I, I never, uh, I don't remember that. Nick, your uh, your Outback is, I think, a little bit newer than mine and it's a, it's a higher model. Like you have the uh, Touring. So, um... I had a, a courtesy car from uh, Rafferty not too long ago, and it was an Outback, and it was newer. And when I started the car, you can especially see it at night, the headlights would yeah. do this, like, woo-woo yeah. thing. It, it's a little weird when you first see it. Yeah. Uh, and but they, press, they would, like, cross, like, almost like, like you're at a movie premiere, you know? Yes. Yeah, it's a good, a good way to describe it. And, and when you are looking out your, your windshield, uh, you see the lights scanning, basically, what's in front of you. Right. I had, uh, my, I used to have an Infinity, and that one, when you would make the turns, the lights oh, would move. My, mine and, do, and yeah. They go left and right like yeah, that. Yeah. And uh, the first time I... I drove it at night. I'm like, am I seeing things? Is that weird? For me, the the greatest thing is when you put the high beams on and and it'll... any light coming in the other way, they drop to their lower settings. I I love that. that. And you can just leave that on instead of driving that way. But yes, Preston, the first time you see the lights lean into your turn... Yeah. Yeah. I have to ask about the, the the crossing thing. If when they cross, if they're crossed, do you punch the grill? Will they stay locked that way? <laughs> yeah, forever. <laughs> you got to punch the car in the back. Yeah, uh, the, yeah. the trunk. The, yeah, the trunk. Uh, have have um, police car lights gotten brighter over the years too? Because it seems to me that they are ridiculously bright. Headlights? Well, maybe no, no, no. The, the, the um, alarm the lights. Yeah, maybe the Nick, a lot of the, a lot of the. Yes. We're, we're no longer using a lot of the police cars are are no longer sedans and are. Like SUVs, and yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah. But they now they're higher. Yeah, they're LED. Yeah, uh, yeah. So when I'm they driving are. past one, yeah, I can't. Like I have to look away because it, it's, it blinds it's blinding. me. Yeah, yeah. And then you get that weird, like shadowy thing that uh, it's jarring. And if and if a cop shows up behind you and the lights go on, like it, it. I mean, I understand it's intent. It's okay. to grab your attention, but uh, they've gotten so bright that it's difficult to even look at if you're just passing by. Yep. Uh, another contributing factor, as I mentioned earlier, is the size and height of the average car is increasing. And as cars get taller, uh, the placement of the headlights rises alongside it, and this in turn can lead to the increase in drivers getting blinded. Hmm. 52.7% of vehicles sold in 2010 were either SUVs or trucks, uh, and by 2021, that number was up to 78.5% of the vehicles sold so, in 2021 were SUVs or trucks, and they're a little bit taller, and therefore they're going to have a higher That's pretty uh, wild. Beam. The great innovation years ago was the rear-view mirror that could um, that stops that glare from hitting uh-huh. you in the face. Yeah. You know, it used to be so annoying. Yeah. Am I misremembering how old car, how big old cars used to be, or did they like shrink in the '90s or something like that? Oh, they shrunk in the '80s, big time, uh, because you hit the, uh, the the '70s gas crunch happened. Yeah, yeah. And then, which I and remember. Then, and then cars in the early '80s shrink way, way down, and they slowly started making their way back up. And What's then, it going to take to put you in this? In the in the '90s and 2000s, then you got up to like Hummers and stuff. Things started getting gigantic right, again. Yeah. Uh, but they make them, uh, I think, taller, not as as long as they used to be. I mean, like you look at some of the old Cadillacs and my Thunderbirds and stuff. They're yeah, Caprice huge. classics. Yeah, yeah. they're That's huge. Like, so the house that I grew up in. So when my ha- my neighborhood was built, cars didn't exist. You know, the neighborhood was built in the eighteen uh, hundreds. So all of the houses had detached garages, and so these detached garages were made for cars that were built 
in, I guess, the 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, when they were all huge. Right. But the bays for these garages barely fit... You know, my mom's Chevy celebrity. No kidding. You know what I mean? I was like, that, that's a terrible design. And and the bays in my house now are, are I don't know why they're not bigger. You so I mean? American cars are bigger than vehicles from uh, many other countries for several reasons, including larger streets, lower gas prices. We do, believe it or not, have some of the lowest gas mm-hmm. prices in the in the world. Uh, and the desire for more room as well. Uh, higher vehicles mean that the uh, the band of light is raised up. Uh, by foot or more, so that makes it seem no. It absolutely makes sense. Yeah, you know? I mean, yeah. it's it's at your eye level. I think three fifteen was the cheapest gas I saw across the country. Okay, uh, last week, uh, as cars have modernized, uh, many manufacturers have moved away from the standard halogen bulb as well, which produces a yellowish light. In lieu of LEDs, which usually produce the bluer white light. God, I hate those lights. Uh, there's a fundamental issue. Almost all of them are, are LEDs now. No, the, the blue, I'm talking about the really... like the Well, this blue. means more more of a white light than... If you go back a ways, they're yeah. really yellow. Right. And so now they're like white. The, the car behind me today had discernibly blue, blue yeah. hue to it. Uh, so this is a uh, this. They're saying that the, the standard now, though, is a bluer white light as opposed to a yellowish light. Uh, he said there is a uh, fundamental issue with how light is measured. There's a bias against certain blue hues in the spectrum. A warm yellowish hue of light is gentler to the human eye. So this is more harsh uh, to how <laughs> reminds we see you it. home. That's why sometimes I'll swap out my lights for. Candle holders. Uh, oh, this is where, nice. uh, to many, the problem lies. The shine of an LED light, due to its added blue, appears to be brighter than a warmer yellow halogen headlamp, uh, despite generating the same amount of candle power a unit used to measure light. Mm. Uh, and in this article, it says that there's a solution, but it's years away. In February 2022, after being required by uh, Congress's bipartisan infrastructure law, the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration issued a rule officially allowing automakers to install adaptive driving beam headlights onto new vehicles. Uh, They automatically adjust the high beams emitted from LED car headlights in real time to avoid blinding pedestrians and other drivers. So those are when you set it on auto, that's what it does. So the tag has been legal in most countries outside of the U.S., and experts say that they could make a noticeable difference once rolled out, but don't expect it anytime soon uh, on American roads due to the complexity of the NHTSA's regulations around adaptive driving beams which differ tremendously from Europe. So there isn't any legislation or regulations in place that will force manufacturers to implement adaptive driving beams into their vehicle lines uh, by a certain date. So we don't know when all that's going to happen. So for me, the the best thing to do a lot of times when I'm driving, I will just close my eyes, uh, and that's a good way to avoid that stark light. We recommend you do that. Yeah. Uh, Hang on. Rob uh, has a a comment. Hey, Rob, good morning. Morning, Gadzooks. Gadzooks, what's up, buddy? Hey, so I'm an engineer. I used to work for an automotive company, um, and uh, all of our vehicles, before they left the plant, we had at least an internal spec that the uh, headlights had to meet a certain uh, certain spec for aiming, so they couldn't be higher than uh, a certain wind, higher or lower than a certain window. You okay. Know, pull up next to a, a brick wall or something, you'll see that, you know, most vehicles have that nice sharp cutoff now, at least on the low beam. Um, and if you pull up, you'll see that they, they kind of are, are uneven as well, right? And the left headlight, which would be most aimed towards the center of the road, is actually a little bit lower than your right headlight. So it's specifically done to avoid 
you know, blinding drivers coming the other way. They, okay. they call it the Steve Buscemi <laughs> setting. <laughs> One is just, it's a little cockeyed. High beam, low beam, Steve Buscemi. <laughs> Yeah, uh, the other issue you've got now is all the d- dashboards are digital, so you've got so many bright lights in there. There's not a good glaring indicator in your face now that your brights are on. You know, it's, right? it's, back it's, when it, you used to have incandescent backlighting, you know, you had that bright blue LED or not LED, but bright blue light that was your high beams, and it kind of stuck out. You're you know, exactly right, Rob. Right you you, you know, dash. and you'd also know like your blinkers were on because there was not there was not a ton of light source coming off your uh, right. your dash. You're exactly right. Uh, thanks, Rob. Yep. Appreciate it. Yep. Yeah, yeah. in Rochelle's vehicle, like uh, you know, you have obviously the big uh, um, information center right. in, the, in the middle of most cars now, and she keeps hers on like bright. ultra bright. No. And I'm like, oh, I can't, can't no. see the road. I don't like a, a glowing driving. light source. I can't. So my mine that. automatically goes defaults to in a, an external low light will bring down the dash lights. Yeah. Uh, I, I find it distracting. I don't want to be. I feel like I'm a stripper on the center stage as I'm driving along, and because I'm naked. Too. Well, that can well, feel pretty good. Uh, hang on, I have uh, Don, who's an Uber driver. Hey, Don. Good morning. Gadzook, Philadelphia, and the fellow listeners and guys and gals on the morning show. <laughs> that Thank you. Is a You're fully comprehensive welcome. How you doing, Don? I'm good. So I spend a, most of my driving time at night, and a number of factors that you guys covered are, are all part of the equation. Um, I could be wrong. Maybe Nick can look this up, or, or somebody can call him who knows for sure. But there, I think, believe there's a standardization for the height of bumpers on vehicles okay. because they ha- across the board. Um, if they had a similar standardization for headlights, that would be awesome. Yeah. That being said, Nick's point, yes, cop LEDs, um, their, their lights are, are extremely bright, but also, too, is if you're on the highway and there's one facing the other way and they pull somebody over, their high beams are flashing, and that's blinding. Yeah. But in addition to not just the color, but the intensity, um, Jeep Wranglers are particular because their headlight, they'll have, they'll have the two headlights and then they'll have their flat lights on, and they're, they're really compact. But also, another thing, too, is I've seen a lot of people with light bars. Yes. Not, he- not headlights, but light bars that are extremely bright. Um, I'm, I'm guessing they're illegal. Uh, but no, they, they, would, they would have to be. You're, you're talking about long, long headlights that are, um, you know, not your usual, uh, more compact, rounded lights. Is that what you're talking about? They're an addition. They're an addition to the headlights. They're just just a bar of LEDs. Um, Yeah, it just... Yeah, that's for that's for like backcountry stuff. That's for you know, uh, uh, you're not supposed to use that driving down the highway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but also to speak to the automatic high beams that flip on and off, mm-hmm. they're great. Except sometimes the signs, the reflective signs, will trigger them as well. Yeah. So that can actually work against you. But I, it's great to see at night. And I've driven a few cars with really bright, bright headlights. Mm-hmm. But also like. Um, Preston mentioned earlier, halogen bulbs. I've had people flash me that my highlights, my head highlights are, uh, yeah, yeah babies. are on, but they're not. You know, so there, there's a multitude of factors, and uh, hopefully the government or state, local, or they'll yeah, or wizards and come up with some standards. It'd be great. Yeah. All right, Don, yeah. appreciate the call, bud. Thank you, man. All right. Uh, so anyhow, those were a couple of the uh, the factors behind this, uh, the high beams yeah. and. Um, yeah, I, I, I didn't know about the misalignment, that a lot of times they are misaligned. Right. 
and that uh, that can be an issue. Uh, make sure you're not on the, the Steve Buscemi setting. Uh, Casey, do we have time for one more? It's got to be a small one. Oh, Maybe wow, we man. Go you to know, the uh, cheap section or we, something. We spent a whole bunch of time in the one part of the Yeah. Store. I apologize. Um, okay, I thought this was pretty cool. If we, if we have to do a short one, All right. uh, there is a... Um, a medication. It is called uh, Lamotrigine, I think is how you uh, uh, pronounce it. L-A-M-O. It's not for Rizzi Shinezi. T-R-I-G-I-N-E. It's the faux shizzle. It is not that. Do we have that? Rizzi Tassi Zizzle? Rizzim Kizamab Rizzab. Rizzim Kizamab Rizzab. No, it's called Lamotrigine or Gyne or Gyne. I'm not sure. Anyhow. Isn't that the front? Revenge of the Nerds? It is. Lambda, Lambda, it's a $3 pill used to treat uh, epilepsy. Yes. It's been around since 1994. You're familiar with this? Oh, this is... Listen, you tell the story and I'll... Yes, it's it's very encouraging. It is showing a promising potential to treat autism, uh, which is pretty wild. They've done... The, they, they've been doing studies on mice as of now, but scientists at Germany's Hector Institute from Translation, Translational Brain Research found that the drug, commercialized as uh, Lamictal, or... Um, curd behavioral and social issues linked to autism. Wait, how are they testing that on mice? So, there, believe it or not, uh, a, a variation on, of autism will m- manifest in, in mice. So mice are often used because there's a similarity, uh, but... but um, these things they come up, Preston. You're like, yeah. oh my please, god, please, please, please. Yeah, and yeah. it's and it's like, um, you know, I know you have to take years before you get it, and and they haven't even really had success porting it over to a human um, test uh, trial testing now. So, yeah. but it is promising. It is, and and unfortunately, uh, I mean, that's just the way it works. It takes a long time for these things to, you to have make sure to. that it's safe. Yes, that it does what it's supposed to do, and that it's safe and. Uh, but if that if they were to be able to find something uh, that could at, at least help people out, uh, you know, who who have autism, uh, oh, that'd be wonderful. Yeah, that'd be I absolutely mean, wonderful. Yes, uh, but it's it's called uh, Lemma uh, from the makers of Lambda Lambda Lama or the makers of Risen Kizamab Rizza. Uh, Lemma Trigene, I think is how you say okay. that. Okay. Uh, but it's commercially uh, sold as a Lamictal. Wherever mice are sold. Wherever mice are sold, you can yeah. get this. No, it's a. Uh, it's already being used for um, uh, for epilepsy. Yes. Uh, so, which, by the way, the young lady who was uh, going to chop this morning was going there uh, has yes. epilepsy. So uh, maybe she takes that. I'm not really sure. But I thought that was kind of a little uh, uh, a nice piece of encouragement yeah. uh, to pass along, and we'll, we'll see if something ends up happening. I'm sorry, we have, to, we have to close the pharmacy. That's what's going on the TV in just a bit. Yeah, we're going to go live on Fox Good Day, so that's why we got to keep this kind of short, so I apologize for that. Uh, but our buddy Mark Summers is coming up in a little while, too. Uh, we'll take a break. We'll come back. Some bizarre file stories are on the way next, so hang out with us. We'd love to have you along for the ride. Did you know you can listen to all of WMMR's podcasts as well as our live stream on your Alexa-enabled device? It's easy. Just say, Alexa, open MMR. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Let's see. A reminder that we have a secret text for a chance for you to see the band Ghost Friday, August 25th at Freedom Mortgage Pavilion. Uh, tickets don't go on sale until Friday at 10 a.m. That's your Ticketmaster.com. There's all kinds of info available at WMMR.com. Uh, but we have your chance to win tickets this morning before they go on sale. So text the word secret uh, to 9333. So that 
is uh, what we're going to be doing today. Also, uh, just a reminder that uh, Cardboard Classic, rapidly approaching. <laughs> Man. Uh, we have all that information available at WMMR.com, but March 3rd, I know we're hitting 65 degrees today, but they're going to be making snow, and we'll be ready for you. Uh, we should hear music shortly. That means we're going live on Fox Good Day, and uh, they tweaked with some audio so st- stuff, so I'm hoping please, please that work. this will work. Uh, oh, wait, I have the wrong button. There we go. Sorry. Mike will end there because we're having our own little... He's calling it a Hurts parade because even though it hurts yeah. that we lost, we still have Jalen Hurts, and he did well, and there's still a lot to celebrate. So he's still in the car at this hour, and they told me to come down to the studio. Hi, everyone. It's Thomas, by the way. And I said, oh, Lord, what did Mike do this time? <laughs> <laughs> but I realized and remembered, yes, he is on the Hurts parade. So as soon as he gets out the car, he'll start his journey. So if you'd like to meet him, he's starting in a few moments. Mm-hmm. He's going to start at the Ritz-Carlton or in front of it um, on Broad Street and then make his way down and you'll be able to, we'll follow along the route and show you where to go if you want to come Do out. Do you have faith? Do you support. think he's going to make it in two hours? Uh, we'll see. We just That's going to be part of the fun, <laughs> finding that out. Okay, sorry, let's get to Preston and Steve oh. because, hey guys. Hey. Morning. We're talking Morning. Restaurant red flags. Okay. So, you know, a lot of times when you walk into a restaurant, you're trying to decide, you know, maybe if you're in a new place or something, oh, should we eat here? And you're look, taking, checking things out, taking a look around. And apparently there are some things that are restaurant deal breakers that make you say, no, nah, no, nah, we're going somewhere else. Okay. Yeah, I have, do have definite any, ones. Do you, do you Preston? Really? Yeah, well, if I walk in and see the chalk outline of a body, I know that that's probably a place <laughs> I don't want to die. But yeah. there's actually something I do. I will always get at a restaurant... A cup of coffee first. And I find the oh. attention to the coffee will indicate what the rest of the meal will be like. And it, it, if it's okay. fresh coffee, that's... And I'll, I'll do that at every new restaurant just to check and see. All right. That's interesting. I, I will... If I look on the menu and I see that the fare is... Uh, if, if everything can be made in a fryer, I'm out. Because uh, <laughs> there's just... I, I, I don't know. There's not enough variety. If, if, if it's just all, you know, French fries, chicken wings, stuff like that. You're, you're gone. I'm done. So yeah. That's pretty benign. But not, not, obviously, if you see rats and stuff like that, you'll turn yeah. around. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, if, if, if I walk Guys, in and there's a turd on the <laughs> plate. and yeah, Walked out of my hotel, walked across the street to the diner, walked in. The lady said, hi, can I help you? And Mouse ran out from under oh, the podium. Oh, oh my gosh. She kept it going. Well, and you had obviously gone to oh, Mousy's oh, in New Orleans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, do I want a table after I saw no. that? Yeah, no. Okay. No. The couple who they were eating at the time saw the mouse, too, and they were horrified. <gasps> well, anything like that, it, oh, mouse, you know, obviously vermin of any kind. Uh, if, if, if a raccoon leads you to your table, that's probably a bad sign. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think there are more subtle things, right? Yeah. I mean, also, I don't yeah. like to see the um, the kitchen um you know, in some places, it's it's kind of stylish, like right. the Hell's Kitchen, yeah, if it's done right. Table. You don't want to see, like, we've we've seen some things in our years where we've been led through places. And, and like, when we stepped over the nacho <laughs> chips. Oh, yeah. I remember yes, that. Yes. I know where you're talking and about. And that's, that's a red flag. If food is visibly prepared on the floor in front of you, <laughs> that's a warning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would well, say depends so. Depends how good it is, right? On this list, so no prices on the menu. Yeah. Mm. That's one of them. Uh, dirty menus, which is why I love QR codes. That was a discussion on Twitter the other day. I prefer QR codes because I don't have to touch anything. I don't have to worry about it. 
Because um, sometimes there's, I just hate seeing the stains. Well, dine, diners will have that a lot of times. There'll be multiple pages of a, of a menu, and it'll be the, the breakfast special from two weeks ago is on page four, you know. <laughs> and it's, 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 no, I agree. I don't, I'm with you on the dirty menus. And, Alex, also, if it if the uh, restaurant has a dirty front door or dirty windows, like, like handprints or whatever, oh. I look at it, and I'm like, nope, don't want to go wow. in. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And I think the bathroom's a telltale sign for me yep. as well. Yeah. 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 So, uh, Yes, attention, a clean bathroom will end. I think all of those little things telegraph what your experience is going to be like. And honestly, if anything, when you walk in is on fire, that's usually a bad sign. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh-huh. Oh. I would say so. Thank you, guys. <laughs> Thank you. Hi, guys. You. We'll see you Have later. Except for a hibachi restaurant. Then yeah. you see the big explosion. Yeah, I do like that as well. You're right. All right. Uh, we need to get to the Bizarre file, so we're going to go ahead and do that now. Bizarre. <laughs> Presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre File. Bizarre File brought to you this morning by Horizon Services. Uh, You can place your aging heating and cooling system uh, with a new one from Horizon Services. Have it installed as soon as the next day. Put zero down and have zero payments until 2024. Book fast at horizonezbook.com. Well, a woman accused in a grisly killing and dismemberment case in Wisconsin attacked... Her attorney. (laughs) This footage is wild. Tuesday, during a court hearing, moments after the judge agreed to delay her trial. And we've talked about this woman before. Her name is Taylor Shabiznis. Taylor Shabiznis was seated in court with her attorney, Quinn Jolly. Yes. And asked the judge for an additional two weeks for a defense expert to review his client's competency to stand trial. I'd like to consult with Rizzle Dizzle for Schnizzle. Most uh, moments after Judge Thomas Walsh reluctantly agreed to postpone her March 6th trial, Shabiznis attacked Jolly. And was wrestled to the courtroom floor by a deputy. The courtroom was then cleared before the hearing. Shabiznis is charged with first-degree intentional homicide. By the way, mutilating a corpse and third-degree sexual assault in the killing of Shad Therian in February 2022. Authorities say she strangled Therian at a home in Green Bay, sexually abused him, and dismembered his body. Bad. Leaving parts of him throughout the house and in a vehicle. It's not good. Shabiznis has uh, pleaded... Not guilty. Should not guilty. And and should not guilty by reason of mental disease. <laughs> For shabattery. Uh, she is being held on a $2 million cash bond. Following her courtroom outburst, uh, the judge moved Shabiznis and her competency hearing from Tuesday, March 6th. Uh, the judge also proposed a May 15th trial date. See, that that's, you don't really want the judge to see stuff like that. Uh, at the end of the hearing, by the way, Jolly told the court that uh, he's going to file a motion to withdraw from the case sure. as Shabiznis's attorney. But the judge did not immediately rule on that. You're on your Shahon. After players discovered that the Witcher 3's updated version for PC, PS5, and Xbox series uh, included... Detailed genitals on female monsters. A developer, developer CD project was just as confused as the community that uh, started to investigate in the case. Detailed female genital on, on monsters. monsters. Yes, the Polish studio has since confirmed one of the theories thrown around right after the discovery, namely <laughs> that one of the community mods used in the updated contained the realistic anatomy. In a statement, CD Projekt calls the addition of these monster vaginas 
an unintended result of merging together many community mods and enhancements developed in-house. Vagina. It also confirmed, listen to this, that it intends to remove the textures <laughs> from the game, which include visible labia and pubic hair on female creatures like crones. God almighty. The, I've got to see this. I know, I do too. <laughs> The mod CD your labia doth offend me. The mod CD project implemented is very likely called quote vaginas for everyone, and its creator has claimed that the developer used the work without asking for permission. Although mm. uh, the studio has not responded to this claim yet, it stated before the release of The Witcher 3's big update that it asked every mod creator whose work they integrated into the new game version. For permission and reimburse them oh, as well. Monster vagina. See, yeah. you got it. Yeah, you have to look on Reddit to find it. But there's a subreddit for for Witcher for the game, and uh, they oh, yeah. I mean, it's and it's very realistic. Yeah, these are uh, these characters are called crones, by the way, yeah. and you can see their huge w- monster vaginas. Vaginas. Yeah. A man has been charged with theft after a trailer load of two hundred thousand cream eggs were stolen from an industrial unit. Oh, it's like Cadbury. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Joe B. Poole was arrested in connection with the incident on Saturday, which involved an estimated sixty thousand dollars worth of the confectionery. In a series of tweets, uh, police. This is in England, by the way. Say the eggs, extravagant thief. Uh, uh, and the theft unfolded at Stafford Park in Telford, Shropshire. Uh, a number of other chocolate varieties were also stolen, police said. Uh, we need an investigator who can speak porch to geese. The police <laughs> added shortly after <laughs> the theft, a vehicle presumably purported to be the Easter Bunny was stopped northbound and a man was arrested on suspicion of theft. Investigator, you're from Abu Dhabi, correct? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Poole is facing two charges of theft and another of criminal damage after a chain lock was also allegedly broken. The mother of, this is a terrible story, the mother of Anthony Tony Mitchell, a Walker County, Alabama man who died in police custody in January, has filed a lawsuit against multiple jail officials, including Sheriff Nick Smith, alleging that authorities deprived the man of his constitutional rights by leaving him in the jail's walk-in freezer. Oh, my God. Or similar frigid environment for hours. And and he died on the night of uh, January 25th to January 26th. Anthony Don Mitchell froze to death while incarcerated at the Walker County Jail, according to the the filing. The suit alleges uh, that... um, Mitchell was likely placed in a restraint chair in the jail's kitchens, walk-in freezer, or similar frigid environment and left there for hours. Only with the release of an internal surveillance video recorded by a correctional officer did what happened to Mitchell uh, begin to come to light. Uh, And in fact, quotes in Mitchell's medical records written by uh, the ER doctor said, I am not sure what circumstances the patient was held in incarceration, but it is difficult to understand a rectal temperature of 72 degrees oh, wow. while someone is incarcerated in jail. Uh, and they said, I do believe that hypothermia was the ultimate cause of his death. His body temperature was 72 degrees? Yeah. Uh, at least five hours uh, passed from the time Mitchell was removed from the frigid environment until he was transported to the hospital. So that is pretty messed up. Uh, and that's it. That's all we're going to have time right. for on uh, in the Bizarre File for this run. Uh, we are going to take a break because our buddy Mark Summers is going to be checking in with us. He's got a new podcast that he Very wants cool. to talk about. Yeah, we'll see what up, uh, what else is up in his world. So stay with us because we'll be back in just a moment or two. What's new?
Red Hot Chili Peppers. Nickelback. Metallica. New music. More of everything that rocks. On 93.3 WNMR. Our next guest has uh, got his podcast, which just debuted this week. Yes. And uh, he's been out promoting it. I saw his mention on The View. He was doing uh, the WTF uh, podcast with Mark Maron. Apparently some really nice things said about us in that particular Or so we hear. Podcast as well. <laughs> but I'm excited and, and uh, got a chance to watch uh, most of his first episode. Uh, and, and they're really cool, lengthy interviews. And the guy's great at what he does. Yes, he is. And he's a friend of ours. Please welcome Mr. Mark Summers hey, to the program hey. this morning. Good morning. How is everybody in Philadelphia after Sunday's know. Listen, the great thing is that uh, history has been preparing this city for this kind of defeat <laughs> consistently. Uh, but no, it was it was great. Uh, you know, and again, as as we say, uh, in retrospect, even with the World Series. All the joy and all the fun that you were experiencing in the lead up was so great, you know, so you don't win, but you got that. And and that yeah. that was cool. Would love the victory, but can't complain about all the joy and fun that preceded it. When you're up 10 points at halftime, you just kind of think you're going to win the game. Yeah. And I was telling, uh, you know, um, Marissa off air that Nate Burleson on the CBS Morning Show on Friday Predicted the score exactly thirty eight thirty five, which made my head explode. Wow! wow. In, in favor of the of the, uh, the Chiefs. Yeah, oh. I actually saw him and met him and talked to him for a little bit on Friday morning. Well, obviously he was able to rig it yeah. uh, to work in his favor. <laughs> right. It's clearly no other explanation. It was an amazing game. I'll yeah. say that, but uh, unfortunately, didn't go out the way we uh, we wanted it to. Yeah. No. No, no, you know, no. In fact, they were playing on surface that seemed uh, very reminiscent of surfaces on Double Dare. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I think the same set designers who did our show. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, it was horrible. We knew that something was up when they st- they all came out of a large nose in the beginning. <laughs> oh, my God. That would be I the think best. That was Rihanna. But, uh, <laughs> the team's come running out of a giant nose. Oh, my God. Uh, Did you just like the halftime show? I didn't get it. Uh, I thought I enjoyed it. I, I thought, thought it was cool. It was. Listen, I was. It took a, a a good chunk of time for me to find. Is she pregnant? She's got to be pregnant, right? And going back and forth with that, and then once that kicked in, I became terrified that a pregnant woman was eighty stories up on a platform. Yeah, yeah I would have never done that. I don't care how much money you would have paid me to stand up there for twenty or thirty minutes and do that was was pretty insane, especially if you're pregnant. And I guess that's why there wasn't. I didn't feel a lot of energy in the show, and I'm not sure what those guys in the uh, white Eskimo. Mark, I'm with you. Older and older. You know, I did like the Grammys this year, but, um, you know, normally halfway through the show, I lean over to my wife and say, you know, when is Andy Williams coming out? So (laughs) I didn't feel that way this year. Andy hasn't shown up in quite a while. He's been busy. Yeah, yeah. Decomposing. <laughs> Very good. Well, listen. Congratulations. Uh, the the podcast uh, hit the uh, hit the waves, uh, so to speak, on on Monday. And uh, you've been working on this uh, for quite some time. You've had it in in the works for a bit. And uh, uh, how did you feel about uh, the rollout? Were you nervous a little bit as it headed out? You know, I, as I may have mentioned last time we spoke, you know, there's 850 thousand podcasts. Why mm-hmm. would anybody listen to mine? And I was pretty nervous about the whole release. And quite honestly, initially, when they tried to sell it, nobody cared. And then all of a sudden, people started to listen to it in the higher up offices. And the next thing I know, we're on Spotify and we're on iHeart and we're on all the you know things you need to be on. 
and you know got the mention from the view uh all of a sudden mark Marin, who i've tried to get on get on that show for years called and said you know you want to do the show and uh broadway.com did a whole piece on me yesterday and uh i guess they still have a little juice left because uh the response has been pretty amazing you do and and actually uh so we know as of a couple of years ago and we had the actual data um uh, you know, uh, from uh, Jacobs Media had done a sort of um, assessment of where we stand podcast-wise. There are actually about 2.5 million separate podcasts. No Show, Shows, not episodes, shows. So, no. you know, and, and you know that. And I think you initially, a while ago when we brought this concept up, um, you were a little reticent. Uh, and yeah. I think it's because that very reason that you said, I don't want to just, you know, be be spinning my wheels. But you do have stories to tell. You're mm. a good storyteller. I watched a bit of that, uh, um, the Anthony Ramos um, interview as well. People love, so in this case, you're the drawer uh, here, to uh, uh, Mark. You, you Your experiences and the people you've interacted with and what you can bring to the table, I think, works in your favor. And I, that's when, that's where I end up getting drawn to different podcasts or different uh, things of that nature, it's it's basically, all right, how's it being siphoned through to me? And you're that conduit. I think that's why it works. As Preston said, you're absolutely equipped to do this. Mm. Very kind of you. Somebody wrote on Twitter that uh, I'm Forrest Gump, you know, come to life in the first <laughs> of the thing, you know, they mentioned I talked about Soupy Sales and, you know, all these people that I've known and, and crossed paths with. It's it's pretty interesting. And, you know, our uh, podcast is not one uh, to come on and plug your movie or TV show or whatever. We actually kind of get into the nitty gritty. And that's why we uh, we have so many good ones. But we open with uh, Anthony Ramos simply because I've known him since he's about 17, 18 years old. But at his young age of 30, he's been through many, many things in his life. And the fact that he's come out on top uh, is having the time of his life. Um, it, it just worked. And the response to that has been amazing. We're doing Guy Fieri next week. We have Al Roker coming up, uh, Michael Malley from uh, Nickelodeon. We did uh, uh, Fluffy, uh, Gabriel Iglesias. Yes. So I've been able to book some some people that um, are willing to come on and sort of open their guts up. And uh, when I initially asked Anthony Ramos uh, about his dad, yep. and I said to him before the thing starts, you don't have to answer anything you don't want to. But I knew he had this great relationship with his mom. But in all the time I've known him, he's never mentioned his dad. And I said, uh, tell me about your father. And obviously we pulled this up in editing. He didn't say a word for two minutes. No kidding. No, he didn't say a word for two minutes. And I didn't say a word. I figured at some point he'll pick it up and, and tell me what's going through his mind. And, you know, as dramatic as the answer was even on air, it was more intense when I was actually in the studio with him. And, uh, you know, I'm learning a lot about people. I'm learning, you know, that Guy Fieri never graduated high school. I didn't know that. I've known the guy for 12, 15 years. And, you know, the things I've been able to get from people has been pretty fascinating. Well, I watched watched the Anthony Ramos as well, especially when you were were talking about his dad. And um, you got him even, I didn't notice, obviously, there was a big pause because you guys edited it out. But... You got him to open up. I mean, he obviously was hesitant at first, but and that's what a great interviewer does. It's exactly what they do. They they manage to get those stories out in a comfortable way, not in a confrontational way, uh, yeah. to where people start feeling comfortable and sharing those stories. And it's almost um, uh, you almost get kind of a therapy vibe from it. You <laughs> yes. know what I mean? Almost. You know, I, I was I was getting that feel as well. You know, the thing that's been hard for me, and I guess you guys have been doing this for years, is 
uh, trying to get to the people that you don't really know. And mm. I really wanted uh, Gabriel Iglesias because I knew Fluffy had some great stories. And so I called his manager who transferred me to another manager who transferred me to an agent who transferred me to his publicist. Yeah. And after about six weeks of this, the publicist writes back, we're no longer doing these things, but thanks anyway. Mm. And I wrote back to him because when he was on Double Dare, the newest version that we did about four years ago, he was on the show and there happened to be a pie when he was doing a thing and it wasn't scheduled, but I hit him with a pie. And, you know, the next day on his social media, he said, best day of my life and had him pied and all this other kind of stuff. Uh-huh. And I couldn't get to him no matter what. And I finally just sent a picture to his publicist of, of Gabe covered with pie. And I said, just tell him it's me. And I guarantee you, he'll say yes. And 10 minutes later, they call me, Gabe wants to do it. But you know, listen, you're, you're, you're not a babe in the woods when it comes to producing okay. shows with the, no. the food and stuff you put together. You know, there is a whole gauntlet of people who have no clue about these dynamics. And you're right. It's something that we have bought for years. And there are people, uh, it's like, you got to goddamn be kidding. And then what happens sometimes is that you become so familiar with people, you, you, you have friendships, that you sort of become like furniture in the room. And you know what I'm saying? And so they're, they, oh, I'll get to you. I'll do your podcast. And it's this dynamic that it's just the way it works. But you, it is, yeah. And you know, you guys are. No matter what show I do, everybody talks about you. It was great that Marin talked about you and talked about what a great time it was and uh, how much he enjoys you guys. And and you know, the one thing we always talk over, talent talks over about your show is nobody on your show talks over each other. And, you know, I, I love that part when I do the show. Now we know the little secret when you're in the studio as to why that happens, but nonetheless, it comes out just beautifully and it's like, it's well rehearsed, but it's just not, you know? Yeah. I have my hand up right now Mark. <laughs> and, uh, because I wanted to ask you a question and I wanted to applaud you for your persistence with uh, Gabriel Iglesias because sometimes, uh, you know, Casey and I will go after a guest and, and we get a no and then another no and then a third. And it, it becomes disheartening, especially if it's somebody you have a bit of a relationship with. So I'm curious, as to whether or not there you have friends in your past or people that maybe you've lost contact with over the years, but you'd love to reconnect with and have them on your podcast. Uh, great question. Um, I haven't thought of that that far. Although they called me yesterday from uh, the production company that's producing this thing and said uh, we're moving forward no matter what for the next go round. So we're starting to book people already. Nice. Um, and I, I have to have to think about that, you know, because once again, somebody said to me, you ought to get Steven Spielberg. And I said, well, that sounds exciting, yeah. except I don't want him to come out and plug his movie. I want to get into the nitty gritty of his life, which is kind of what his movie is about. But, you know, I don't know Steven well enough uh, where I think I could get him to open up. And so that's the other thing. I can't have people that are guarded who mm. walk into the studio and don't want to answer any questions because if that's the prerequisite from your you know team, then you can't be on my show. And so far, we've had uh, pretty good luck. We've got a guest that I'm interviewing in a few weeks. I can't tell you who it is just yet, but um, that was one of the prerequisites. Um, he's got some things going on in his life that I found out about, and will he open up? And he said he would. So we'll see once we get in the studio. But I've had no problem so far. We've shot about, uh, I guess, 14, 15 of these things, and so far, so good. Well, so so I think the way it has to work is you have to find people tangentially associated with Spielberg who, <laughs> who, who know yeah. him and have his ear and say and can say and I've seen this play out many times. I was on Mark Summers on his podcast. It was a great experience, and I was able to open up a bit. And so, if he hears that from someone he considers vetted, that that would be a good shot because I get it. You know, like, and it's funny because we'll have people who do who do nothing but podcasts and, and comedians come in here. 
and there's there's a podcast mode, there's a morning show terrestrial radio mode, and there's mm-hmm. all these things. But even with us, a lot of times they have to hear from somebody they trust who's come on the show that they're going to get a good interview. But, you know, so keep chipping away at that, and I, I think you might get it. Well, you know, that's it. And the other thing, you know, social media helps. I may have told you the story, but um, I am a fan of the CBS Morning Show, and I love Tony DeCopel, and I love uh, Nate Burleson. And I DM both these guys last time I was in New York about uh, six weeks ago and said, hey, I'm just a big fan. I'm coming to New York. Love to take you guys to lunch. They responded instantaneously, and I had a two-hour lunch with these guys who I didn't know at all. Um, and, uh, you know, it's just fun to sort of stick your toe in the water. The other thing I do is FedEx people and get to them that way. Um, and so it's it's been a lot of fun uh, to get into the behind the scenes. You know, some of these interviews go on for two hours, yep. and they do a magnificent job with our team editing these things out because I don't think anybody needs to hear anybody for two hours. But we're doing <laughs> about an hour, 15, hour 20, something like that. And the one thing we have coming up that they absolutely love is Mike O'Malley, uh, who I knew for 30 years at Nickelodeon. And... Uh, I always say he's the most successful person to come out of the Nickelodeon days. He produces, he directs, he writes, he stars in movies, and um, he's the most intense human being I think I've ever met in my entire life. But it works for him, and we discussed that on the uh, on the podcast. Hmm. Uh, one of the things from this first episode that I get, uh, and uh, you know, uh, to to point out to people who are listening and think about doing a podcast or, or something like that, um, or. If you're going to spend a couple of hours, an hour or two, doing it by yourself is no easy task. And that's what no. Mark is doing. And you got to do lots of homework. And, and uh, somebody that, that Steve and I always admire his show was uh, Bob Costas later. It was an the amazing best. interview program. And he was so well-researched. And, and, just, and, and you can have lots of, of research information, but to be able to thread it through the conversation is a really difficult part. Um, and so when you sit down with each one of these guests, do you have a, a, a huge list of notes that you've taken all set to go for that, Mark? I uh, spend so much time doing research. I have the stuff that I already know, but then when you do the deep dive, mm-hmm. you start learning so much. And what I found is I generally have about seven pages of legal pads okay. uh, in front of me. And sometimes I only get to page three. Yeah. yeah. Because, as you guys know, because you're the king yeah. of this. If you just listen to what they're saying, yes, it doesn't make any difference if you get to question 22, because if the first 11, you know, are that good, and if you've done your homework, they should be, um, you know, that's what you do. And um, I, I don't know. I'm just having a ball. You know, it's kind of a one-man show. Uh, we kind of book it together, but I do all the research. Um, and Costas is the king. But I find sports guys that way. Uh, Brian Gumbel, same oh. way. Costas, probably the top of that uh, whole situation. But they also have the passion to do it. And the thing that upsets me is, uh, I'll get in trouble for this, you know, just because you were a contestant on a game show doesn't mean you get to host it. I'll let you read through the lines on that. Uh, <laughs> um, um, you know, I got a guy who contacted me yesterday who who's I'm sure the sweetest man in the world, uh, but he's been a contestant on a, on a couple of game shows and now he's doing his own podcast. He's done two of them and he was sweet enough and kind enough to ask me to uh, be on it. And generally what I ask people to do is send me a copy of what you're doing and uh, let me listen to it before I make that decision. And just because there's 2.5 million podcasts out there, you know, only point, you know, zero, zero, one percent of those are any good. Most of these people don't know what the hell they're doing. No, it's true. And and, and you, you brought up something that actually pertains to us over the course of years. And, and I describe it as moving from an interrogation to a conversation. 
And that's how the interviews began to work better when people just felt comfortable, you know, because they'll see I got my I got my questions and this is, you know, everything is going to be punctuated with a a revelation. No, you just go along with the flow. But that's um, it, it is interesting to watch the different dynamics play out, though. There is a podcast mode and there is. You know, we we in the beginning we would have comedians come here in here and, and who had had their own podcast, who had started doing it, who had been on our show, and they would start to say, "Preston, you remember this?" They'd say, "Sure." It's harder than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's no idea. Yeah. No idea. And the thing that I learned, you know, I did double dare and did all these things that I, I that I enjoyed more than life itself. But I was a fill-in guy on the home show on ABC back in the nineties. And um, I had never hosted a live talk show, and they were nice enough to give me a shot. And so I had done all my homework the night before, and we had all these big guests on. And I walked out there and thought I was Dick Cavett, and I was trying to be super smart and, you know, beyond cerebral. And I didn't let anybody talk. And ABC walked into Woody Frazier, our tech producer, office after the show and said, get rid of him. Uh, we don't want him on the uh, hosting situation for the rest of the week. And Woody, so the story goes clear to death, said he's my guy. I'm sticking with him. Called me in his office and he said, you can't do what you just did. And I said, what I do? He said, you didn't listen. All yeah. you did was, you know, uh, shout out facts that you read the night before in their books. Or the, He said, you can't do that. So he said, here's the information for tomorrow. Go home and study it. So I did. And we were going live. I remember it was like two minutes to eight in L.A. going live to the East Coast at 11 a.m. And he says in my ear, did you do all the information and the research last night? And I said, yeah, as a matter of fact, I did. He said, okay, now forget it all and go out and just have a conversation. Yeah. That was a turning point in my career. And that's when I learned to shut the hell up and listen to what these people had to say. (laughs) Very good. Are you recording these at home or where are you doing this? Oh, we have a big time uh, real studio uh, near Griffith Park in Los Angeles. So oh. I drive down uh, and we try and do two in a day if possible. Um, and these guys are fantastic. I mean, I just can't believe the promotional work they've done and uh, the uh, little teasers that they sent out uh, a few weeks before. And um, it's, you know, company's called Believe uh, and they've got several podcasts out there. And uh, thank heavens I was able to hook up with a group that really knows what the heck they're doing. One thing I did notice is that the uh, the podcast industry, especially uh, the, the video podcast, is... Uh, probably single-handedly responsible for giving new life to the lumber industry because every podcast set I see recently has... Like a wood wood grain background? Exactly. (laughs) Yes, it seems to be. I see it on a lot. And I, for one, like that look. It's a very sort of... You know, uh, um, warm, warm yeah. feeling to it, but it's, there's a lot of lumber going on in podcast. <laughs> well, they uh, it's sort of like going to the old comedy uh, days when everything had a brick wall behind the brick it. wall. Yeah. Yes, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. Mark, I want to ask you a question that may or may not have an interesting answer, but I, I uh, follow you on social media, and for whatever reason, I found the fact that you took a, a train ride from San Diego to Santa Barbara fascinating. Uh, is that a fun train ride to take? It was exhausting. Uh, <laughs> it, it was about six hours. It stops literally 28 times from Los Angeles to, uh, to San Diego. So I was ready to blow my brains out. Um, it, it is quite beautiful. Yeah. But, you know, you can go into New York City and go up to Hudson uh, and in two hours uh, enjoy uh, as much beauty uh, as I saw on the way down. But, you know, I, I am a train guy, but I just didn't think we had so, so many darn stops. I, I decided a friend was getting married down there, and I, I thought, well, I'm not going to drive. And, uh, boy, I should have driven. <laughs> uh, so, guess, obviously, you were talking about that earlier. I was reading that um, you're... 
the ultimate get for you, and I think it would be for a lot of us, would be Tom Hanks. Is that correct? Mm. Yeah. You know what? I've never met. He's the one guy that I've always wanted to meet, and I, I can't get to. He was doing a Broadway show uh, when I was living back east, and um, I did my FedEx trick where I sent him a backstage FedEx and said, you know, here's why I want to talk to you, and here's my phone number, and here's my email. And he didn't respond at all, which kind of shocked me. I thought he would, uh, but he didn't. So I have to do my due diligence to get to him. Mm. I think I can get to him, and I think it would be an amazing interview. So he's my he's my go-to guy. Who's the guy that you haven't had a girl that you would love to have on the show? Well, uh, b- before I mention that, uh, here's uh, might be an in for you. Tom Hanks loves typewriters. Oh, oh, that I know. I have his yeah. uh, right. Uh, his yeah. App. So FedEx, I'm a typewriter. <laughs> 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 uh, uh, you know what? Clint Eastwood. Really? Yeah, it used to be uh, Steve uh, Steve Jobs, but uh, death has rendered that impossible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, that but happen, no. I think Clint. I, East- I wonder what uh, what uh, Eastwood would be like. That's interesting. Yeah, I think I think it would be a very low key. Uh, Unless he's like uh, like you know crazy, like uh-huh. he's uh, you know Howie Mandel when he gets in here. No, but I like to get Hanks. We've never talked to him in all yeah. the years. He's he's one of those that's that's eluded us for one reason or another. Uh, he would. Now be- he comes to the studio. Is he a crazy man? <laughs> No, no. I'm just, I'm just talking about the, who'd be the absolute, which you perceive to be the absolute opposite of Clint Eastwood would be a prop comic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is true. Uh, but, you know, think about the history uh, in that you, you want to have somebody, I don't think, you also want to have someone you don't think has been interviewed to death, you know? That's With, the other thing. Well, 100% right. What, what about outside of the uh, the entertainment realm? Or are you going to stay mainly in that world, Mark, as far as trying to get guests go? Uh, well, that's the direction they're kind of leaning us into right now. Uh, but uh, Anthony Melchiori, who uh, hosted a show uh, called Hotel Impossible, is a fascinating human being. And we talk on a regular basis. In fact, uh, he's written a book, and I'm going to write the forward to it. We talked yesterday. Um, and, and he's got a great story to tell. And I think there are businessmen and women uh, who are successful who would have great stories to tell. Because the thing that I've learned so far in the first 14, 15 we've done is um, failure is the best way to success. Yeah. And the people who I know and who we've had on the program who have done well have been hit in the face with a ton of bricks. And the question I always ask is, why do some people go up, over, around, and through the wall, and other people retreat and go, I'm just going home and I'm not doing that? Mm-hmm. What is it that, that motivates some people to keep moving forward? Yeah. And that's what I love about uh, what we're doing. It's wild because uh, could you even answer that question? And you've done that. I mean, for, 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 <laughs> for where we are, and I would have to say, I don't know what was fueling me at the time to, to all I know is that I, I felt that I had eliminated all safety nets and thus making it, giving myself a mandate. I had to do it, mm-hmm. you know? But I'm not sure I could recreate the methodology <laughs> or give someone a line by line, uh, you know, list of how to do it. Yeah. I, you know, I always tell the story about the guy at NBC who told me, you know, until I changed my name and got my nose fixed because I looked too Jewish, that he would never hire me. And um, I remember I called Edwick Mann and Gary Collins and I said, the guy said I should get a nose job and uh, change my name. And uh, what they basically said to me was, yeah, in six six weeks, he'll be fired. Wait for the next guy. And that's exactly (sighs) what happened. And, you know, I just, I never gave up. I never had a whole hell of a lot of talent. Took me a long time to learn my craft. But I was so persistent and so passionate about what my goals were that nothing, uh, I mean, the only time I ever got way down on myself and beyond depressed is when I was hired to do Hollywood Squares 
and uh, got fired before I ever got on the air. Ah. And that was that was like the worst feeling ever that they had made the announcement that I was going to do it. And the next thing I know, my neighbor, Tom, uh, gets it to Bergeron. And, um, you know, I had to, I called him uh, because I didn't want him to feel bad every time we ran into each other at Starbucks and said, look, I heard you've got the job. I just want to make it easy for us. And, you know, congratulations and all that other kind of stuff, because I didn't want him to feel bad and he couldn't have been nicer on the phone. And it just was the worst experience that I had. And I didn't think I was going to be be able to pull myself up from the bootstraps. And somehow I did. Um, and, you know, am I just insane or did I have that much passion? <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Mark, you mentioned job. And uh, this podcast host, does this uh, this feel like work or does it feel like something else? Uh, Well, keep in mind that I'm not doing anything else right now. So I don't have the pressure that I once did. And so, no, I actually love the experience and it does not feel like work. And, you know, I always say I've never worked a day in my life. I do want to tell you guys that I'm bringing the one-man show back. uh, Oh, nice. I cannot believe I'm doing. We're going to do it uh, right outside of Philly or outside of uh, Hershey. I forget the name of the theater for you. And we're doing it in Buffalo, New York. And the idea of memorizing 70 pages again, (laughs) and plus with the changes, because last time we did it was five years ago, and so many things have changed in my life. So we have to do rewrites. And I'm scared out of my mind to do it again. And, you know, uh, I, I'm not sure why I'm doing it. <laughs> yeah, that was going to be my question. <laughs> I guess, you know, when I did it last time, I was exec producing uh, Dinner Impossible, Restaurant Impossible. I was juggling a million things. I had, you know, a staff of about 80, 90 people that I was in charge with. And so anytime I wasn't on stage rehearsing, I was on the phone making sure that things were going right. But I don't have anything else to worry about. And I think my performance is going to be a whole bunch better this time than it was last time, simply because I can focus on it. And I think I just want to give it one more college try and i still have that crazy desire to do this thing off broadway and we figure if we put it up on its feet one more time we can get some uh, producers from new york in to see it and maybe that dream will come true as well so mm-hmm. you know at 71 and a half i keep pushing myself into crazy things and you know well you, why you, not you're gonna have yeah. to add like a director's cut to the documentary now because there's all this additional material that's uh, that's taking place but that's that's cool yeah you know what else i'm doing and this i never thought i'd do this Years ago, Soupy Sales was my dear friend, and I went to an autograph show here in Los Angeles. And when I walked in, I couldn't have been more depressed. Um, you know, they had Joey Heatherton was there. And, you know, unless you could, you know, look at the picture to make sure that was Joey, you weren't sure exactly who it was. And I, I used to love jo- Joey Heatherton. I, I, that? I don't know. Joey Heatherton was a super sex pot yeah. in the, yeah. uh, like, closed cropped hair. Um, she did not age well. Um, well sadly. Yeah, and, uh, but she, she was as sexy as it got at that time. Yeah, and so and there was Ed Asner signing, uh, you know, a, a mimeographed uh, Mary Tyler Moore scripts, and I knew him because I was a page on the show. And I said, "Ed, what are you doing here?" And he said, "I got a divorce." And so he, he was trying to make extra dough. So I always said to my friends, you know, if I ever say I'm going to do any of these things, you have permission to get a gun and shoot me in the head. And um, I get a call a few weeks ago from a thing called '90s Con that took place for the first time last year in Hartford, Connecticut, and they asked me to come and do it. And I you know, I, I, I appreciate it, but I'm, I'm, I'm not going to do this thing. And they wanted me to do, you know, autographs and selfies and be on a panel or whatever. And I called a friend of mine, Matt Scott, who's a, a weatherman in uh, Hartford. I said, did you go to this thing last year? And he said, yeah, I did. And it was amazing. You should go. He said, you know who did it? Joey Heather. Uh, Joey Heather. Uh, uh, Joey, uh, uh, um, 
Why can't I think of his name? Who was in the boy band? Joey uh, Fatone. Oh, Joey Fatone. Oh. Did, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he said, call Fatone. He did it last year, and and he had a great time. So I called Joey. I said, Joey, did you do a 90s con last year? He goes, oh, Summers, you got to do it. It was amazing. <laughs> I said, why was it amazing? He said, you know how much money I made last year? And he told me how much money he made last year, and I, I made the phone call, <laughs> and I'm doing it. <laughs> you're also you're, you're doing it. Yeah. There's There's been a lot of press about this, uh, all that reunion. With Amanda yeah. Bynes, right? Hey, um, she's going to be gonna there. She's going to be there. A lot of Nick, uh, Nick 90s people. And uh, the thing they're allowing me to do, which is, this is this is insane. So when the Double Dare Roadshow closed down, I knew there was a ton of merchandise and it was sitting in a warehouse. So I called the people who had it in the warehouse. I said, what are you doing with all that merchandise? They said, nothing. It's costing us a fortune. I said, well, send it to me. And they said, well, how much are you going to pay us for it? And I said, I'm not going to pay anything. Just send it to me. <laughs> and so they said, well, you got to pay shipping. And I said, I'm not paying shipping. It's sitting there. It's costing you money. Just send it to me. And they said some really... Um, <laughs> You know, words that began with F and hung up on me. And uh, about five days later, their F you to me was uh, a pallet of Nickelodeon merchandise from the Double Dare Roadshow was drop shipped in front of my house. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> and so I wake up and I mean, it was more boxes than I could even imagine. And so I went and got a, a truck and put it in storage. And uh, all that will be at the 90s con in Hartford, uh, 17th, 18th, and 19th of March uh, on sale for anybody who wants to purchase that. That is awesome. That is pretty wild. Because that is squarely in so many people's uh, fond memories and nostalgia. Listen, why not? What you don't want is you don't want to be like, uh, you know, Mickey Rourke in The the Wrestler (laughs) sitting there. (laughs) But you're so right about that. Let me tell you. Yeah, but the, these things are there. A lot of them are gold mines for people who just and listen. People have chastised. We talked about this for years with how Kiss markets the band and how they've always. Oh yeah. But they're you know the what? They're giving fans things that they want, yeah. so it works out. So maybe we don't understand being buried in a Kiss coffin, but someone does, <laughs> and, and there you go. <laughs> when I did the last tour, I was blown away because when we do the meet and greets backstage. It was mostly adults, and I'd say, we're the kids, and they said, oh, hell, we left them at home. We want to have a good time. Yeah. So this whole 90s nostalgia thing, uh, and I've already gotten all sorts of things on social media about, you know, can't wait to see in a few weeks, and, you know, are you bringing merch and all that kind of stuff. So uh, it's an experiment, sticking my toe in the water. Uh, once again, what else do I have to do? <laughs> <laughs> hey, we'll cultivate some guests while you're there as well. Yeah, yeah that's a good idea. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Nice. All right. Well, listen, just a, uh, a congrats to you and getting this off the ground. And uh, the first episode's fantastic. Uh, it's Anthony Ramos, if you would like to check that out, of course, from Hamilton and the Heights and all these other great things. And he and Mark go way back. Uh, but um, this is the start of a, uh, a new chapter yes. in uh, in Mark's life. And uh, we're, we're, we're happy for you. And, and we knew uh, that it would be great because you're such a great personality and, and uh, you're a wonderful um, uh, host as well. So uh, we want to urge people to check that out. I've I've checked that out on YouTube because yeah. I like the visual that goes along with it as well. But you can yeah. find it on Spotify and wherever uh, podcasts are available. And now all you have to do is uh, create an OnlyFans account and everyone yeah, will be uh, covered. <laughs> Sexy <feet. laughs> Hey, thanks uh, as always for helping me plug uh, the silly stuff in this crazy life that I lead. And uh, hope to see you in the studio soon. We love yeah, talking to you, Mark. Thanks for coming on this morning. Mark Summers, everybody. Yeah. See you, buddy. All right. Uh, it's great. And, and-
and he does. I, I told him he does what great interviewers do, and he, and he lets the interview breathe. He lets uh, people open up, and and uh, I think he's going to do great with this. Uh, he is. Yeah. I remember when we uh, we first again when the when the uh, the podcast as we were talking to, to Mark about it, um, the the pacing on that would not work for a morning show, right. and we get people who were doing podcasts come in and say, "Now remember we." People are waking up. You got to wake them up. You yeah. know. So the but those that Costa style of interviewing that yeah. sort of longer form is wonderful. Especially you have the two components: a good host and a good guest. He had mentioned Brian Gumble. I'm telling you, I'm I'm not a sports head at all, but Real Sports is one of the best programs out there for interviews. And and he's got a whole group of of, of people that that oh, yeah. do that. But it's uh, compelling interviewing is just compelling interviewing. That's well, all there is to it. And by its nature, sports stories oh, um, uh, kind of always have the elements that you're looking for. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Overcoming adversity yeah. and, uh, and uh, you know, triumph of will and all that stuff. Yeah. It's all part of it. So uh, we're kind of your... Uh, we're your sports guys in the morning here. Yeah, absolutely. Are we not? When sports stories break. Sports up. Sports up. Yeah. Our boys in blue. <laughs> Didn't get uh, Gargano asked to get traded to MMR. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, let us take a quick break and come back. Is there anything that I can give to oh, people yeah. for listening well, right now? Because I would love to award you. We haven't given anything away all this week, so all I'd right. like to do that. Case. Okay. All right. Uh-oh. Okay. Oh, Casey's gathering like a stack. Do we need to do a contest this week? We probably do. Oh, my God. Look at that. He's got stacks of stuff to give away. So thick and full. Yeah. Firm. Oh, I get thick and thick. All right. All right. Now put it back in the deck. I have uh, a Magic Mike's Last Dance. Uh, Including a pair of Fandango tickets to see the film. Uh, Rochelle went to see it Monday night for a Galentine's Day event. And what did she say? She thought it was wonderful. Uh, so I tell you what, we'll take callers uh, 12 and 13 at 215-263-WMMR. It's from uh, director Steven Soderbergh and star Shannon Tatum and Selma hayek Pinault. Um, Warner Brothers Pictures' Magic Mike's Last Dance is in theaters now, of course. So. Yes, callers uh, 12 and 13. We'll set you up. We're going to take a break. Come back in just a second. Stay with us, please. Uh, Like the Preston and Steve Show podcast? Well, check out MMR's other audio on demand at WMMR.com or on MMR's mobile app. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. We'll get our winner for Secret Text Word a little while, so make sure you do that if you want to get those ghost tickets. Text Word Secret 39333. Uh, But in the meantime, I have some surveys that I'd like to share with you. Show us balls. Survey says is what we call this uh, little segment. So I have a variety of them uh, spanning a whole bunch of different categories. And the unifying attribute of these is that they're all kind of lame. But in clustered together, it's kind of fun. Yeah, so we'll start with this one. In a survey of 2,000 U.S. adults, when it comes to vacations, uh, these were the responses. Uh, And I'll give you the percentages of people say they have revisited a vacation destination. Another category says that they like uh, they're likely to take a chance visiting a new destination and some say vacations are a chance to do things outside of your comfort zone. Huh. So with those with those things um I fall into I can get into a rut like if if we've gone somewhere that I really like I like going back there. Yeah. I like to keep going back there. But then part of me goes, 
Yeah, but there might be another place out there yeah, yeah. that you've never yeah. been to that would be really amazing. But what if that too? new place stinks? I know, and it's and, not as good as the place I like, <laughs> and that's the risk that you're taking because. I mean, like, I've, I, I've wanted to, you know, like, Hawaii is, like, the greatest place I've ever been to in my life. Yeah. I just want to keep going back there. Any chance I ever have a you know, moment to save up and make a big family trip or something like that and do that. But there are <sighs> other great trips that we've taken, too. I mean, Rehoboth is... Hawaii you know, of yeah, Delaware. It is. Yeah. It is. Hawaii is nice. of Delaware. Yeah. No, but I was thinking nice. about this yesterday. A picture of me and Caroline popped up of when we were at um, Acadia National Park. And that's close. It's a drivable destination. Oh, yeah. uh, and, you know, Bar Harbor's a lovely little main town and all that. And you I, have to go back. I want to go back there. Well, yeah, because when you went, the weather wasn't the best. Yeah, it was. we went actually in the middle of fall. Yeah. Uh, and Still, the park wasn't even open. We yeah. had to, like, sneak into part of it, to be honest. You said you were sneaking dressed as bears, right? Uh, we had to yeah. do that, yes. Which is a wonderful bonding thing with my, uh, with my youngest. <laughs> But um, I, I like to I, I like to go back to places I've been to that were awesome. Well, I can tell you, my uh, friend, you know, Dwayne, Dwayne goes, has gone to the exact same location for every vacation for years. Really? Yes. He okay. goes to Turks and Caicos. Oh, okay. Wow. Um, um, right? And, beaches, yeah, the beaches yeah. resort. And he goes to this, the same resort. His mindset is he, he goes to decouple and unwind, and because he knows the place, he doesn't have to. He can immediately get into relax mode without having to learn any of the. Uh, right. Yeah. Well, that, or the, if he's what, content, then that, do it. But that's so for me. Like I've gotten into this uh, situation that I don't like, but it stresses me out. Vacation, like to to prep for it, because if I'm going somewhere, I want to make sure that uh, I'm you know doing what you're supposed to be doing, and I'm getting the most out of it. So if I go back to a location that I've been to, right. I almost feel a little relief because I yeah. I know what there. I know the things that I didn't get to do last time that I can do this time. And especially if it's going to another country, like I, for whatever reason, it stresses me out. It makes me nervous. <laughs> right. if, so if I've been there, I'm like, okay, I, I, I know this is going to be okay. I got the lay of the land, yeah. so to speak. Yeah. So, and I'll draw a parallel here. When, when we were growing up, we would go out to dinner. And every single time we go out to dinner, my little brother always got the chicken parmesan. Okay. And me, I would look at the menu. I'd go, ooh, this looks interesting. This looks like it probably tastes good. Every single time he finished his meal and I took like two bites. And I look at it the same way with like vacations. It's like, dude, you know what you like? You know what I mean? Maybe maybe it's a little bit mundane or boring, but like you know that you're going to have a good time at Turks and Caicos. You right. know that that resort has exactly what you want and what you need every single time. So, one and listen, honestly, Turks and Caicos, like when you go to the Caribbean, like they all kind of like feel the yeah, same. Yeah, you there's, know what a I mean? very, there's like, a big similarity. Yeah, very, very similar. Are you saying you usually don't like what you order uh, for dinner? N- well, no, I've learned. I've TV. learned, but I would always get something that I thought, oh, I'm going to try that. And right. then I hate it. And then, and we make it, I'd make fun of, oh, you're getting the chicken barbershop again. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And yet there he was loving his meal Every while you were torn time. up inside. Yep. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Don't mind if I do. I love chicken parm. Uh, it's so good. <laughs> it is so good. Is that what the point was? No, no, that was not the point. Okay. Well, Nick, I feel like you're good at going to new places. That's yeah. what you like to do, right? Yeah, yeah but, uh, and then here's the thing, Kathy. I'll get there and love it and then be like, man, I got to get back to this place. And then I and then I find a new place to go. So um, I have returned to a few different places. Uh, I turned uh, Preston onto St. John on the USVI a few years ago, and I'm going back there. And so yeah, I'm very excited about getting back to that place because I find it gorgeous. Um, but I do like finding new places to visit. Are you going too. to the same place in St. John? Uh, I'm going to the same place that Preston and his uh, wife stayed. And, okay. And um, I... 
I haven't been Even there. Even though they, they sexually tore up. I know. Uh, yeah, and I'm, I'm hoping to stay in the same bed that he's in. We did, actually. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's where, where, that that's where yeah. Michelle got the nickname Niner. <laughs> 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 or Montana was her nickname. That's yeah. fantastic. Um, yeah, it's the, the Gallows Resort. It's yeah. a great place. Uh, so 68% say they have revisited a vacation destination. 78% say... Uh, that they're likely to take a chance visiting a new destination. 74% say vacations are a chance to do things outside of your comfort zone. By the way, one of the things I want to do very, very soon, and I'd seen this right before COVID hit, and then the idea went completely gone, uh, is one of these surprise vacations where you don't know where you're going, you don't know what you're doing, and you can tailor it for it to be just a long weekend or a full week. Wait a second. This is Kathy's house. (laughs) You can only do that if you are an adventurous person, right? I I could never. No. Oh, I I would cry. But what's great is... The, the the excitement of uh, the surprise. Oh, the I excite- hate this. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I know what you're talking about. Exactly. Well, you yeah. give them. You there, there are some parameters that you give them. Yeah. Here that, you go, Miss Ronnie. Here's your tent. These are the things. <laughs> these are the things we do like, and these are the things yeah. we don't like. And camping would yeah. be the do like. Yeah. I would purposely put on Kathy's application. <laughs> naked and a lot. Like, naked and afraid. afraid. Yeah. The packing process for me and all of that. Like I need to know exactly. I need to know what restaurants are there. I need to know. Is is there a hot tub or just a pool? It's yeah. like, I need to know everything. I pitched an idea to the Kathy the other day, Casey, when you were, um, this was off air, but when you were doing the cross-country trip with, with Anthony and Kyle and, and Jackie, and the idea, and I don't know if that has any legs or not, but the idea is for Kathy and I to sort of like race across the country uh, where she gets to stay in four star places and I have to rough it. I have to like camp at getting it across the country. <laughs> and, and You, you would know, win. I think so. Yeah, but I, I mean, leave the first four seasons. But you also, Nick, wouldn't even have to travel far off of the highway. You could literally just That's sleep true. in the back yeah. of your car in, 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 in a divot. Mm-hmm. I thought you were going to say I had to camp. I was like, no, I'm not. That's that not going to happen. I think you also have to. You have to pace. Like, for example, uh, there are times when I feel like I, I need to do one that I, I've already been to because that's the kind of frame of mind I am. And then there's times where you're feeling a bit more adventurous. In a tandem survey, they said, "What are the best?" Vacation activities, all right? And here are your choices, all right? Okay. And it's not like, you know, water sports and stuff like that. So it's relaxing. Is that an activity? That's it's it's, it's a vacation activity, inactivity. Uh, Trying new food, learning about the history or culture of a destination. Boring! (laughs) Wonder where Casey's going to stand on this. Or exploring lesser-known parts of an area. Oh, yes. yes. Um, I like that. Okay, so you would vote for that. Yeah. You Wait, too, really? Nick? Yeah. With, and yeah, I'm surprised. No, like, when I'm there, if there's, like, if I can go into, like, a town where, like, the locals, or, like, go to, like, you know, a bar where the locals go or a restaurant where they go, as opposed to, like, the you know, where all the vacationers hang out. Yeah, the I would, tourist trap. You I must would, stay away from okay. I'd rather do that. Okay. Uh, so what, so Nick, you're the same way. Yeah, for sure. Steve, I, how about I, you? I think all of those would be, you know, uh, uh, like a, at certain times. Go, go through the list again quickly. Relaxing, trying new food, learning about the history, culture of a destination, or exploring lesser known parts of an area. So uh, on the, I would like exploring lesser known areas, but I also like finding out the the, the history of a place. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you, know, you when, would like that. Yeah, when I that. went to England uh, and and did England and Scotland, I lo- I wanted to learn about the history and see, you know. Uh, uh, the 
the in, in Edinburgh, the underground right. uh, area was that amazing. Was cool. yeah. yeah, I did that too. That was cool. Um, however, I will say, sitting uh, anywhere at a pool or a spa or whatever with a drink, that's that's also just I, fine. <laughs> I would probably put relaxing as number yeah. one for me on this. But I do also like, because we've, we've taken a couple of trips and... My family and I, there's a, a place called Tours by Locals, and you can hire someone to take you around and show you the area and give you this some is of the Kathy's history. house. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and so I found that intriguing. I do yeah. like that part of it. But I think, number one, if I'm on vacation, if I'm away from work, relaxing that's, is what it's all about. That's where your hotel be- becomes such an yes. important thing. Yes. Get, get the, the best hotel you can get, and uh, we'll do it. We'll save up. We'll do what we need to do to, to, to get it. But that way, even where if you go and check out something and it stinks and it's boring and it's like, what the hell? You go back to a, a better facility, it'll even it out. Steve, I think you and I talked about this a, a few years ago. Um, sometimes tourist destinations are are that because they are great. People, yes. You know, people want to go see the Eiffel Tower. Are, are you going to pass up, like, Stonehenge? Exactly, yes. Yeah. So there are places like that around the world that, um, like uh, Machu Picchu, for example. Like, yes. I'd love to go visit that place. And, yes, it's a tourist destination, Great Wall of China, you know, things like that. Are there are reasons why people go there, and just because they're a tourist destination, to me that doesn't rule them out. Right. Well, are you opposed to doing like a uh, like a, a tour bus, uh, Preston, with a uh, like a, if you're going to a certain location and you're? I'd rather not. Yeah. Do that, yes. But I have done that before. We when I was a, a kid, my sister and I were in Austria, and we took the the Sound of Music tour. Yeah. And I went kicking and screaming. I'm like, I don't want to get on the bus and the the made the guy go do this. It was a freaking blast. You had a great time. It was yeah. a great time. We did all the stuff from the movie. It was a blast. So. I was in, a, in a, a city called Nice in the south of France and I did this tourist train thing mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, this is going to be just so nerdy and dorky. It was so freaking cool. I mean, it was, I it. It was nerdy and dorky, but like it was like a, a, a train that you would see in Disneyland. Yes. And I was like, this is fantastic. Yeah. All right. Uh, survey says. Thank you. <laughs> moving on to another one. Uh, we're moving on to another one. All right. Uh, in a survey of 2,000 U.S. adults, what would you do with more time in the day? Yeah. All right. What would you do with more time in the day? Yeah. Uh, sleep is one I, of them. I Get extra say, sleep. Yeah, I was going to say rest, but I have a hard time doing that, so I'd probably just Go to Target again. Okay, shop. <laughs> yeah, go to Target again. No, like I'd run my take I'd, a second trip. I'd just add errands to the day. Um, I would. I'd have to say I'd play golf. I. I would. I would. That's exactly what I would do with my extra time, man. Oh, uh, because it takes a lot of time. Yeah, like a, an activity or working out when on the days you don't get to squeeze it in. Like that would be that would be good. That would be the ideal. But I'd probably just go to Target. Twenty percent said they would get extra sleep. Yeah, well, without question. So during the day. week, I don't. I, I get about five hours every night, you know. So, um, yeah, that, yeah, I'd probably do that if if I could, if I could, could rewire myself to do that. I mean, on the weekend, I wake up. Um, I, my internal clock wakes me up at three thirty, and then um, then I'll go back to sleep till about you know six thirty seven. So, if I if that was my normal time, that'd be pretty good. When your when your internal clock wakes you up at three thirty, yes, on the weekend, yes. What do you, do you just roll over and see the clock and then go right back to bed, or you get go, up and walk around for a little bit, no, or what? I, I look at the clock and I go, "What day is this?" Yeah. And then at, once I'm convinced that it is Saturday or Sunday, I go back to sleep. Okay. So uh, you will you don't get up still at that time? No, you still stay in bed. I will wake up okay. uh, and I'll look at the clock and then I'll go back. But like I also, when I wake up during the week for this to come in, mm-hmm. I'm like, "No, Sriracha, I just jump right up. I'm ready to go." 
Um, so also 34% said they would use the extra time for chores. <laughs> and 21% said they would go back to school what? if oh. they had more time Ooh. in the day. Just to hang out at a school or, you know. <laughs> Uh, what's, your, uh, what's your name, sir? Like I just the, got extra time. I, I, the thing that I uh, give up when I don't have enough time is exercise. And so I feel yeah. like if I had more hours in the day, I would no longer have the excuse of not of not okay. getting exercise. Yeah. So that's kind of on, on, on your list of things to do for the day. That's usually, that usually gets knocked off it because does. you got filled up with the other things you had to yeah. do. Yeah, like I got to do this and then I got to take a nap and watch yeah. another episode of Last of Us. And yeah, <laughs> right. I'm, a, I'm a list maker. I, I write down a list of the things I need to do every single day. If I write them down, mm. I'll get to them. Yeah. I'll, I, if, maybe have one or two left. It helps. Every it morning helps I have, so I, I, have a, 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 I usually use our schedule on the back and I jot down a list of what uh, you have to do for the day. Stuff that I have to do for the day. Yeah, I feel like I get more accomplished if I write that list down and go throughout the day and check it off. Well, and I also my my uh, accomplishment is well my my uh, my goal is to get those things done as quickly as possible. Yeah, yeah. And then therefore the rest is like whatever, man. It's you you have your free time. You can do whatever you yeah. like. And I always think like number three or four on the list. Throw out before completing list. <laughs> <laughs> done. You yeah. can usually get yeah, that yeah. one done. Um, so, yeah, uh, most people, the majority of people said they would use the extra time for chores, believe it or not. So I think, Kathy, you need to, I'm, I'm intrigued by the, uh, the concept of the chore wheel. <laughs> Do you, uh, should we have one here in the studio? Maybe, no, yeah. I don't oh. think we need to be doing sure, not. chores around here, but <laughs> I wouldn't mind having that for my family. Yeah. And, uh, maybe you could make a mock. Do we make it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> A mock yeah. chore wheel for me. I'll make it. Get, tell me the chores you want. Your kids are going to hate me. You, you, can't, you don't want you want Kathy adding to your chore list. No, I was going to say, you tell me the chores you want, and I'll make the chore wheel for you. Throughout the years. I mean, for a long time. A, a couple decades now. Because my kids are in their 20s. Uh, my oldest are. We have tried doing the list of chores. You know, we have the schedule yeah, and yeah. all the stuff. It works for like a week, man. And that's <laughs> it. It never works. Some of our old schedules are still just hanging up on the wall. They've got <laughs> dust on them. They've been there. Names are still on them. Nobody's ever done anything. It just never, ever, the system never worked. Check computers for Y2K issues. No, we never yeah, got around to that. It's on I the list. I think it's because it wasn't a decorative wheel. Maybe that was it. Yeah, it just it wasn't uh, yeah. pleasant to the Powerful eye. enough. Right. Yeah. I don't know. By the way, uh, so another uh, survey, which is tied into this one. Out of your chores, which ones tend to be pushed aside? Housework, outdoor work, or laundry? Of laundry. those three. Laundry. Laundry. Outdoor work. Okay. Laundry is... I am probably OCD about laundry. I get it done all the time. But, and folded and put away. Oh yeah, oh, that's my see, that's I my job, and I'm part. I'm I'm nuts about it. it I, I admit it, but like I go home and I'll I'll do some today just to get it, and I feel like I'm getting out of the way for the weekend, and then I'll do it on the weekend. Too. All right. Yeah. While you're doing laundry, uh, do you watch TV or do you yeah, listen usually. to music? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we have a, a TV in the basement, and that's where the laundry. You don't dirty dance? Uh, well, sometimes. Okay. Fridays, because that is a that is a chore that you can do while. Watching entertainment right. as well, so that that can be a, a nice way to knock it out. I have a question about you guys doing laundry. So you made it just sound like okay, so it is a chore where you have to get it done. But are you like like you're staying in the basement until the wash is done, and then you're throwing it in the dryer and then folding, putting away like all in the same two hours? I'm OCD about it, so I don't like letting the laundry stay in the washing machine for extended periods of time. So if I'm down in the basement 
and uh, then I hear the ding ding, and then I can put it in the, the dryer. <laughs> the ding ding. Yeah. yeah. Nick heard the ding ding. <laughs> yeah. uh, because my, like for me, I, it's oh, like yeah. a passing chore. Yeah. It's like I, I run home, I you know have to put it in the washer, and then I'll throw it in the dryer, and then leave, and then come back and do the next. Right. Like it's not a sit down, do get all this done today. Yeah, me either. No, Same I got way. I got towels to do today, Kath. And those, you know, God damn it, <laughs> towels are hard. I know. How, how long? Thicker. How long before you will rerun? Uh, a load in the washer if it stayed in there too long. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, that's a good question. Um, if it's overnight, for sure. Uh, if it's like during the day, I'm, it's probably okay. Day and a half. Day and, and a half? half. Yeah, if it, if it oh, stayed in are, overnight. You are a caveman. Uh, I must be. <laughs> Don't you just smell well, it? it, it depends yeah, I on smell it. It, yeah. it depends that's on it. if it's summer or winter, too, right? Like, summer... It can't sit. You can't sit for the day. Would the you right? re-clean clothes Why? into a house that you just moved into and found in the washing machine? What? Wait, what? Um, if you just moved into a house and there yeah. was laundry already in the There's water. laundry in here. Wait, why would why would summer make a difference? Um, because it's warmer out. I, I mean, my house tends to be a little warmer, so that I, mildew smell kicks in. Yeah, quicker. Yeah, kicks in quicker. Oh, I don't know about that. I don't. I have to open it to to smell anything. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and and you think that it the the warm. No, my house stays pretty much the same temperature year round. Oh, uh, all right. Yeah, no, summer is is a shorter period of time for me to to okay. let it sit. All right. Uh, anyhow, uh, 38% of uh, people surveyed would say that uh, housework was the chore that uh, pushed aside. Outdoor work is 37% and laundry is 31%. So it's kind of the opposite yeah. of what we were saying. Yeah, it's sort of even. I'll get the housework done. And, I, and I, I'm and i good on the yard work. I don't do the laundry. Claire, I think I find, Claire's masterful with I, that. I think I find the most satisfaction with the outdoor work, which is, you know, I don't know why I postpone uh, doing that or, or you know, um, uh, procrastinate it. Because when, like, if I get out, you know, you guys were talking not that long ago about cleaning out your garages. Oh, and, love it. And that's like a really satisfying feeling. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know if that counts as outdoor work, though. Yeah, it sort of is. Okay. Uh, survey says that we need to talk about sex now. All right. All right. Sex um, survey. In a survey of 2,000 adults, when it comes to turn-ons... Uh, 70, 67% of those who have had a one-night stand have an easier time admitting their preferences uh, to someone that they'll never see again. Okay, so you're going to uh. tell someone you'll never see again what you like, what your kinks are. Yeah. 22 what kind of yard work you like? Uh, <laughs> 22% say that they can be judgmental towards someone for what turns them on. And 14% are afraid of being shamed of for their own turn-ons. Yes, can you send a girl up who likes to do laundry with me? <laughs> Everybody's got their thing. Yep. <laughs> and, and ask her how long she would let it sit in the washing machine. It's about mildewing. <laughs> These are things that this person needs to know. Yeah, baby, I'm taking yeah. it out of the washing machine right now. <laughs> I wait for the ding and I just go. Daddy likey. <laughs> oh, man. <clears throat> I knew a girl that was into uh, using daddy in a sexual way. You say, what? Yeah, yeah, and uh, that's weird. I don't, and yeah. She, got, she enjoyed it. It was a turn on for her and not for me. Uh, okay, so... Mm. Yeah, um, that, uh, yet again, things in real life yeah. uh, are a little different. Yeah, I've never called Claire Daddy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that be yeah, right? yeah. Oh, Daddy. Yeah. What? Can I, can I call you Daddy? Fuck your face. Oh, <laughs> my God. I was thinking Chuck Berry is the gold standard. <laughs> oh, my God. How you <laughs> conduct yourself. Now open your mouth. Softed in my face. Steve, who was worse, uh, Chuck Berry or Roger Hales? <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
Oh, my God. Well, Chuck Berry created a form of entertainment. You're right. He did. Yeah. And, and I'm going to have to give Ailes the down <laughs> thumb on that one. Okay. The idea Just of Ailes. Just because I think he's too... <laughs> Laying on you, and and Chuck was in shape. Yeah. So if you if you're gonna have someone fart in your face, at least they have to take care of themselves. I don't right. think Roger Ailes. Nah. I don't think he works out or anything. <laughs> uh, Is, did Ailes pass away? He's still with yeah. us. No, yeah, yeah, he passed yeah, away. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. John Lithgow portrayed him in that bombshell movie. Yeah, yeah. really well. And, and there was a. Just an uncomfortable oh. scene with him and uh, Margot. Oh, my God. Oh, he was just disgusting. He's so foul. And you, I just, I perceive that to be an accurate representation of the guy. I'm going to eat ribs and then fart your face. Oh, God. <laughs> you really don't have a good spiel with women, do you? <laughs> well, he's so wealthy. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. You know, he, he can do what he wants to. Yeah, he died five years ago. Six years ago. Was that long ago? Yeah. Wow. It's right. crazy. Chuck Berry, how long ago did Chuck Berry die? Was it a... Uh, Timed out. Chuck well, Berry same died. year. Yeah, he died. Ah. Wow, they they died two years apart. Coincidence? I, I don't think I thought so. you said it was same I mean, year. Two months. Oh, two months. Okay. You can have this two months in the same year. <laughs> so Roger no, Ailes. No, he said two years ago. Right? Oh. <laughs> Roger Ailes died on May 18th, 2017. Chuck Berry, March 18th, 2017. Wow. Uh-huh. Okay. I bet those guys hung out together. I think so. Traded yeah. farting in mouth story. Yep. <laughs> That year. Ch- hey, Rogers, Chuck, you know that new sound you've been looking for? <laughs> you know that new kink you've been looking for? <laughs> Try finding the bitch's face. <laughs> Thanks for the call, Chuck. <laughs> Don't nobody go nowhere. <laughs> wow. That's, that, again, that, the, the, that line of thinking is completely alien. I, the, you know, that's as bad as leaving your laundry in the, <laughs> the washing yeah. By the way, uh, when it comes to turn-ons in relationships, 81% of those in relationships are comfortable talking about what turns them on with their partner. 57% found they have similar turn-ons to their partner. 75% see the conversation as a milestone, and 77% say it's an important discussion when uh, committed to someone. I think it can be absolutely healthy to talk about that stuff. What about one-night stands? Would you uh, list out your likes and dislikes? Okay. No, I don't think so. But I mean, uh, but but also, yeah, in the days of one night stands, yeah, just, that was a time to get adventurous. Yeah, you know, and uh, ask sure, if they like the nurse out to try something <laughs> like that. Act yeah, like I'll call you daddy. Act like you're throwing up in the toilet and splash your hand around. There. I only did that a couple times. <laughs> I gotta go. I'm throwing up. Santa's gotta go. You could have kept you could have kept the recording of someone vomiting on your. Uh, if phone. I would have yeah. thought in advance to carry around, I mean, well, you didn't have back then. You didn't have a smartphone in your pocket where yeah. you could play sounds from yeah. and stuff like that. So, yeah, uh, Santa's got to go. I bring a boombox with me everywhere oh, I went. It's me throwing up. Santa, did you bring me something good for Christmas? All right, uh, let's go to another survey. We're doing survey sets. Uh, so this survey asked, what are the most common passive-aggressive behaviors in the workplace? Most common passive-aggressive behaviors in the workplace. Mm-hmm. So I'll give you some examples. Uh, talking behind a co-worker's back. Yes. Complaints and resentment. Silent treatment. Complaints and resentment. How is that passive-aggressive? That's what I was going to ask the same question. That's true. That's flat out. That's direct. That's not yeah. passive-aggressive. Uh, maybe it's complaints to management or something like that, you know, where you don't know about it, where that... If I went to you Bill don't, You said, don't directly complain yeah, to the person that's okay, the problem. Okay, okay, okay. But, but I mean, a lot of businesses will encourage you to do that. 
to go to a superior oh, first for sure. and not take on a co-worker. Uh, there's also silent treatment, sarcasm. Now, who exactly was it that farted? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's me, Bazinga. <laughs> Bazinga. Was <laughs> Roger's catchphrase? <laughs> He's a big fan of Big Bang Theory. Oh, my God. Uh, sarcasm and dishonesty was uh, the last one. But uh, Such a lonely word. I'd say talking behind co-workers' backs, probably. Yeah. The top. I think, I always think in, in, in a face-to-face encounters for passive aggression. Yeah, me you know? too. Like, if, if you... Wow, you're if, almost good at this job. If you're saying <laughs> right. stuff behind somebody's right. back, like, that's not passive-aggressive. Yeah. It's just passive. It's just passive. Yeah, This exactly. list is just things that happen at work. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. What are the top things that happen at work? Yeah. Talk about it. Complain about everything. Silent treatment, sarcasm, <laughs> dishonesty. Uh, but uh, yeah, it happens. It's, and it's it's the kind of the human condition. And since time began. Yep. You know, somebody, they, they were working at the vomitorium and they were talking behind each other's backs. Uh, do you remember, we had this segment way back when that... Um, Gossip started uh, with cavemen. Yes. And because that led to you <laughs> saying that a stegosaurus, you saw Og <laughs> stick, stick his finger into the stegosaurus's butt. Og stuck finger in stegosaurus's butt. <laughs> Don't tell Moop. Moop saw it with my own eye. <laughs> tell Moop. <laughs> I saw it. Totally saw it. <laughs> Moop. <laughs> <laughs> That's one word I've never heard in the 25 years of doing this show. Moop. <laughs> All right. So anyway, uh, let's go to another survey. Well, we told you these. Some of these are really, really stupid. That's it. So, but the funny thing is that these will get sent to us. We're actually, we're actually following through on it because they get sent to us as show content. Oh, and yeah. we say, look at how horrible this is. Well, and there's no way that we could just yeah. do one of these and say, hey, let's talk about this for a while. So, yeah. but, but you put a whole bunch of dumb ones together. <laughs> We've got dumb ones, and I've saved these for months. Yeah. Uh, let's see. All right, now this is actually legit. Okay, All right. so this is a, a survey addressed uh, top non-academic skills that parents think that schools should teach kids. Oh, all right. I have a thought about this, but go ahead. Uh, There's only three on this, uh, but feel free to add what you like. And number one, we've talked about many times, financial literacy. Yeah, they they do teach that in school. There are classes now. You're right. They're elected. They're not required, but they are in schools. Yeah, I think maybe this is more geared towards required. I, I don't know, but so, so you know, stuff you would find in the in the regular foundational um curriculum. Yeah. So, but I would say um yes, learning how to manage money oh, would be a be. wonderful thing and will serve you all the days of your life. But yep. you're, you're the problem is you're teaching it to a demographic that <sighs> Care, I know less I know. about it until it, yep. it's time to actually care about it. But yeah. still, you know what I mean, like, there, if they, at least there's a couple of things. If they can find a way to approach it, that's it. Yeah, if they find the right way to approach it, it might be because I st- I can type. I learned that in school, and that was was something that I was like, oh, all right, well, I guess. All right. So the other ones on this list are sewing and knitting. Is that part of home? That's uh, home ec. Wait, but we used to have that. I took that in school in yeah, high me school. Too. That was part of it. It was um, you had uh, I forget what it's called, but we we would bake um, home ec. 
Yeah. Was it? Oh, it was. Was it home? Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. So we, uh, we went at that half of the year, and then sewing for half the year. It's been under different names uh, other than home economics, but uh, domestic domestic engineering stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. And there Bukaki. was and Bukaki is not. That's, no, I thought not that was it. a German That's, word for home ec. No, no. no. <laughs> Are you going to tell me it's a Japanese word for something more disgusting? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> is that Japanese? Yes, uh-huh. Bukaki. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then the if last you're doing it right is internet safety. Yes, yeah. they're Those... starting to do that though. Mm-hmm. I, you know what? I I would love to. I almost with all of the the pernicious aspects of this stuff with TikTok and things that kids are being driven to do. I I, I see that um, you know keeping them off that stuff for as long as you can, or, or at least regulating it, or being there as much to oh, have oversight on what they're seeing. It's a double-edged sword because yeah. it's a skill you do need to have. And uh, it's not also, necessarily uh, social media, but uh, you know, it, it's good, good to have a, a working knowledge of that. Sure. But, but being able to obviously navigate online and use the, the resources that are yeah, there. Yeah, I'm talking social media more. Oh, okay, yeah, social media. Yeah, yeah. yeah this but, just but, says internet safety. Right, so, right, right. Make yeah. sure that you, you use the right login name on Pornhub. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, Steve, to your point about social media, I saw, that, and this was what I was going to bring up earlier, Preston, I saw this report on uh, on NBC News the other night uh, by Kate Snow, and it was The Science of Happiness. And uh, it's a t- uh, um, class that's being taught at Yale, and now it's working its way into different high school curriculums. And one of the things that they are teaching high school kids about happiness, and, and this isn't like, hey, I got into Yale, so I'm really happy. This is like finding contentment in life. In right? life. In life in general. Right. One of the keys to doing that, eliminating or vastly reducing the amount of time you spend on your phone and specifically on social media. I can see that. And so they, they interviewed this kid who was up to like six sometimes seven hours a day just on social media, and he cut way back, and he's now into, like, meditation. And these are life skills, and it's a class that's being taught in high school, and it's having a profound effect on people's views and perception of and attainment of happiness. I'm, I'm, there was a stat I saw about, it was about teenage, um, adolescent girls, and the, the, the stat on depression. Yep, saw that yesterday. It, it huge. Right. Huge. And there are ways to teach uh, avoiding that, yeah. you know, it, it can be taught, and it can be taught in high school or middle school, and and kids have a lot of pressure on them, and they always have. But I think that the the pressure that a sixteen or seventeen year old feels now is different in a lot of ways because of social media, because of time spent on phones, etc. Maybe they spent more time like doing a Chuck Berry collage, right? Something for <laughs> school. I had that stat somewhere. I may have put it in the Just Saying Institute, but um, which is not in here right now <laughs> in the other office. Listen, you can only do so much for one show. Uh, we can only achieve a certain level of entertainment excellence. No, that's true. I, I agree. And and especially, you know, counseling at schools and stuff like that for people who are, who are going through issues like that. I know some I've seen some stories recently of some schools that want to cut those programs. Uh, which I think is ridiculous. I think you, uh, kids at that age need all the assistance they can get in coping uh, with what uh, is happening in their lives and where they're headed to and, and fears and, and, and all of that stuff. Oh, Marissa just brought me to just saying this. Do you know, do you know what else? Um, uh, I would say uh, some form of, of a finishing school, whatever you'd want to call it, uh, yet learning um, common civility, manners, um, you know, a, yeah. a public interaction, how one conducts themselves in certain ways. Absolutely. And, um, and yeah. patience and tolerance and stuff like that. These um, kinds of things. These things. Uh, so here you go. Yeah, the CDC. <laughs> this, this is the Just Say Institute. Just on the left. Yeah. 
Uh, said that uh, according to a new study, uh, nearly 60% of high school girls in the U.S. reported experiencing persistent sadness or hopelessness in 2021, uh, marking a 60% increase in the past decade. Just... Uh, both boys and girls reported mental health challenges, but girls experienced uh, record high levels of sexual violence, sadness, and suicide risk. Uh, in 2021, 57% of high school girls reported persistent feelings of sadness or hopelessness in the previous year compared to 36 in 2011. Additionally, 30% reported seriously considering attempting suicide in 2021, up from 19% in 2011. That's crazy. It's yep. very sad. We it is. It Stop is. it. Yep. And, there's, and listen, you can point to one or two things, whatever thing that you think might be uh, the, is the factor, but uh, it's it's probably a, a combination of a whole lot of things. A broad mosaic, as they say. Yeah, very much so. All right, so we're going to another survey. We're kind of running out of time here, so let me see if I can find something uh, light. Uh, yeah, light to talk about here. Um, okay, this one's about entertainment. I have a lot of these here. I apologize. Uh, it says here, uh, a survey of 2,000 U.S. adults, when it comes to entertainment, 68% have a TV show and movie list so long it's nearly impossible <laughs> to get through. <laughs> 73% have a list of shows and movies they've been meaning to watch, and 42% have failed to make it through their list. Uh, so I've, I've started now writing down things. Right, that people suggest to me, and and setting, I've the set a list aside. And do you, do you I, use the wish list functions on various streaming services? Because uh, you, you on you, a couple of them, you'll yes. click a star and it'll put it in your list. I, I, but but all of them are so. All the streaming services have their own little way to uh, categorize yeah. these things, and sometimes it's confusing that I'd rather just keep a hard list written down, you know? But then I forget what streaming service that right. shows on. I put on. the streaming service next to it. I've asked, I've started yeah. to ask people, because I have a list, too, and when they recommend something, Marissa just recommended something to me, and I was like, is it Netflix? And she said, yeah. So I put it in my phone and then put Netflix next to it. Right. Um, so, yeah, I've been... Uh, there. There's... Uh, shows on lists and I eventually need to get to. I, I like to, I'm right now in exercise mode. I've, I've kind of got lazy for a while. And what I need is is when I'm doing some type of cardio is a television show to watch. And one that's got multiple seasons in it. Right. That will keep me interested. And then I make a bargain with myself that I will only watch that while I'm exercising. So I, did, I watched all of Walking Dead. I watched all of Breaking Bad. All exclusively exercising. Right, only. right, right. And I just started, Nick, I just started Succession. Oh, nice. Uh, like, literally day before yesterday. That's a good TV show. And it's I, got several seasons, seasons, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 Enjoy. Three or, and the next season's coming out very soon. Yeah. How many seasons have they had? Uh, two. two, right? Yeah, so the third one's coming out. Okay, yeah. that'll work. That'll work for now. Uh, but I, I probably should use the, the wish list. For, for, it probably often. works more for movies. Like a, 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 and the Apple TV method of managing multimedia works very well. What they, you know, the little icon with the actual Apple on the Apple TV. Right. You go to that, and that has that sort of also yeah. the the Fire Cube, the uh, Amazon oh, yeah, yeah. device. That thing's great. Keeps track of everything very well. It's yeah. season four, case. Is this season yeah. four? And it's a okay. uh, president comes out. Season four comes out Sunday, March twenty sixth. Okay. And speaking of shows, if you're not watching The Last of Us yet, wow, 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 yeah. That's an amazing show that's out right now. Anybody want to add anything? <sighs> that's the one I'm most hooked on. Yeah. Uh, but uh, the show Evil on Paramount Plus, a couple of seasons, uh, The X-Files meets um, sort of Constantine and, uh, you know, a dark um, realms, I guess, like a paranormal. Okay. It's a weird show, but it's a cool show. 
All righty. Uh, poker Face is fun, too, so far. Yeah, we've been watching Poker Face as well. Uh, it's only six episodes. That's it? That is it. Well, I'm only two in. Unless, <laughs> unless they're adding them as they're going along, but I think I think it's only six. Uh, all told, and we've watched four of them. All right, anyhow. Gunsmoke. Yeah, I, I think Gunsmoke was one of the longest running. <laughs> Dude, all right, I have a Gunsmoke okay, story. Yeah. There was, we used, to, we used to play Trivial Pursuit. Right. All right. And I swear to God, there was one time we played like every other answer in several different categories was Gunsmoke. No. <laughs> We've got to be kidding me. What the hell is this? Gunsmoke was on they for ran what? for like 50 years. It was on for like 18 years. Yeah. For, lo- it, yeah. for yeah. the longest time, it was like the running TV program of all time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and maybe The Simpsons beat it. I don't know. Right. For sitcoms. So this was a, a drama, obviously. Yeah. Gunsmoke. <laughs> Gunsmoke, uh, 20 seasons. 20 James Arnaz, Miss Kitty, Dennis Weaver, who went on to play McLeod. Wow. Uh, Den- yeah, uh, and Duel, right? Yes, Duel. Yeah. Steven-, Steven Spielberg movie. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and by are- Richard Matheson. <laughs> there are uh, going to be 10 episodes of pork- po- <laughs> Porker Face. Porker Face. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, the, the badge is nothing to talk about. But so, so yeah. poker face. Porker face. Porker face. Porker face. What are you going to do? Porker, uh, porker face. You guys do nothing. You just sit there and yodel. <laughs> I, got <laughs> poker face I got it wrong in Quizzo the other night, and I was so mad at myself. Oh, man. Yeah, and it was uh, the, the quiz. Qu- the Quizzo question was, uh, this new show on, on Peacock is... Uh, has the same name as a Lady Gaga song, and I I just missed it. Oh. Did you say Shallow? Uh, no, <laughs> Shiloh. 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 Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, anyhow, bad that, romance. What did you answer? Uh, I don't know. Andrea wrote something. Porker face. Yeah, yeah. Porker face. Yeah, we, we were way off. <laughs> All right. Uh, that's it. Now we'll wrap up. Right. Right. So we'll take a quick break. We'll come back in a moment. Uh, we have some bizarre foul stories. They are up next. So stay with us. MMR rocks. Dave Matthews Band. Why would you say? Friday and Saturday, July 21st and 22nd at Freedom Mortgage Pavilion. Tickets on sale Friday at 10 a.m. But you can beat the box office this week with MMR. Pierre's got tickets each day for the Saturday DMB show. And Preston and Steve's Word of the Week prize? A pair of seats for night one and pit tickets for night two. Details at WMMR.com. Dave Matthews Band and 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. All right, why don't we get some stories here, folks? We got Bizarre File. Bizarre. WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre File. Brought to you this morning by the Philadelphia Fishing Show. It's coming to the Expo Center in Oaks, February 17th through the 19th. You can get the best deals on all your fishing needs and more. Visit phillyfishingshow.com. So I'll start, yeah, why not, with this story. A carpenter has been urged to close down his shop and turn his workshop into a place of pilgrimage after discovering the face of Jesus peering back in him from a kitchen cupboard. Wow. Hmm. Oh, and it looks just like Jesus. I'm sure. They usually do. Uh, No, actually, and I showed it to Casey. (laughs) I go, look at this, and he goes, it's Bigfoot. So, which is true. It Furniture, looks like Bigfoot. Uh, furniture maker Matt Ashcom was putting an oil-based finish on the inside of a cupboard that he had been working on when he spotted the face of the Son of God staring back at him from the knots in the 
Uh, the 51-year-old was putting the lacquer onto the ash double door shaker cupboard to lift the detail in the grain on Thursday when the face emerged. An image shows a clearly defined eyes, nose, mustache, beard, and trademark flowing locks. Dear Jesus, am I using the right lacquer? Uh, Matt, who specializes in bespoke kitchens, immediately took a picture of it and sent it to family and friends who were stunned by the likeness. After stunned? Sharing, yeah, the picture on... He's such an idiot. ...on social media. <laughs> I'm stunned that we are related to such a moron. It went uh, viral, racking up 1,300 likes and some comments. Well, to be honest, I've seen some Jesus imagery that does look... Uh, yeah, that, that's in the ballpark. Uh, this that I saw does not look... It looks like Bigfoot. You're right. It yeah. looks like pictures that have been drawn of Jesus, not necessarily... What Jesus actually looked like, because nobody really knows. Right. Exactly. Thank you. But uh, nonetheless, uh, Matt has been flooded with people agreeing with the likeness, but also suggested either looks like William Shakespeare, Chewbacca, or Bigfoot. <laughs> so you be the judge. Put Bigfoot in the manger. Uh <laughs> This is a strange little story. A romance novelist has gone uh, missing two before she's set to appear in court over parking in the middle of a road and engaging in a police chase. Uh, Felina Hopkins is her name, a 52-year-old who apparently, I didn't know this, made waves when she successfully trademarked the word cocky in 2018. So she was a, she was able to successfully trademark the, the word, word cocky? Yeah. Wow. She had um, already trademarked Boo. Uh, so she has not been seen for more than 10 days, her friend said. On January 27th, she was confronted by police when the National Park Service officer said that she was parked in the road at Grand Teton National Park. Hopkins fled and took on and took police on a 24-mile police chase. Pretty cocky. That ended when they used spike strips to deflate her tires. Uh, she said to appear in court on the 28th on charge of stopping or parking in the middle of the roadway, speeding and fleeing from police, but hasn't been seen since January 30th. I think I want to read some of her work. That was the day that she was released from jail in Teton County, Wyoming, although she listed Jackson as her home city, the... County jail listed her as a resident of Seattle, <laughs> so it's just a strange, it's pretty loony, weird little story. How do you trademark a word that common? I do not know, right? And, and then I'm curious. It's how just she one was word too. Successful to do that? Yeah, exactly. Like, um, you know, uh, ready to rumble. That's a phrase. Exactly. You can do that. Yeah, different than saying, you know, like vacation. Yeah. I'm, going, I'm going to, I'm going to have trademark, trademark vacation, word. vacation. But she managed to do it with hockey. Here's a story out of uh, Pennsylvania. Police were alerted when a father and their child discovered what they thought was discarded human remains in a creek in Wyoming County. Uh, police were dispatched to a creek along State Route 307 where two people found what they thought were human remains in a bag when they walked down to retrieve a ball from a creek. And at the scene, police say a black plastic bag with an extremely lifelike human foot sticking out of it Whoa. was discovered. The foot was said to be highly detailed, complete with a French manicure. Oh, my God. Pennsylvania State Police were called to the scene, whereupon opening the bag, the remains in question were determined to be an anatomically correct sex doll. They can be very expensive. By the way, do they do French manicures on toes? On sex dolls? Is that common? Yeah, sure. Okay. Sure, a lot of people do that. Uh, Police say that in any situation involving a potential body found, uh, state police are called due to the larger amount of resources available to them. By the way, I totally dropped the ball on this. There was a guy, and it was... It was even, I think it might have been before Camp Out for Hunger, but uh, he's a photographer and he photographs for real dolls. Oh, no like kidding. He, he takes those pictures 
for advertisements and stuff like is that. Is he a listener? For real, he is, and he wanted to bring one by here. Oh, we need oh. to do that. And I said, I've always wanted to see one of those things in, per- in person. I need to reach back out Yeah, to yeah. I, I, I will, I will try they're, and do they're, that. They're up there. Oh, they're like thousands. They're like five figures, yeah, I think. Yeah. It's, it's ridiculous how much uh, people will spend on those things. All right, so a bill... That would make it easier for people in Wyoming to consume alcohol while doing things like throwing axes, darts, <coughs> and chicken roping. What? Is only one step away from reaching Governor Mark Gordon's desk. I have never heard of chicken roping before. Have I'm you trying, guys? I, no. I'm trying to think of like... Hey, chicken. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying uh, to think of what that would actually be. Chicken roping. Because I just think of uh, lassoing. I think right. that's kind of what it is. I don't know. Nick, can you look up what chicken roping is, please? That's exactly what it is. Oh, my God. It's You're lassoing a running chicken? Yeah. Okay. It uh, seems kind of unnecessary. Senate File 13 would make entertainment-based businesses in Wyoming eligible for a bar and grill liquor license, and these businesses now have to compete with uh, other businesses for retail liquor license. Hold on a second. We're watching. I'm watching video of this right now. Well, this video that's up here, Preston, the guy says, they're translating, this is the first chicken I ever caught it. Okay, caught it. You say caught it, huh? (laughs) Uh, The expansion will benefit entertainment businesses that provide activities like chicken roping, golf simulators, and axe throwing. And uh, derive at least 60% of their revenue from food or entertainment. So... Chicken rope. I am. I'm not a fan. Yeah, I and I'll can tell you also the, the chickens seem terrified here. Well, of course they are. They are. They're running away from these guys. They're stupid idiots. And uh, they're trying oh. to lasso them. So <laughs> I guess that's. And I would think that they can get injured uh, doing something Open a like chicken. that. And uh, they're doing this. Right? Investigate this. There you go. That's one. Wyoming for you. Sorry, Preston. Do you have another story? Yes, okay. I have more, but do you want to... Well, I, I just uh, I also Googled how do you trademark a word, and there's a really long, complicated, but fascinating article that I was just reading through about this author that's, that's gone missing and how she trademarked the word cocky, and she did. And uh, some people in, in the romance novel industry had to ch- uh, retroactively change the title of their books because she trademarked uh, that, that word. No. Yeah, That's crazy. Yeah, there's an article in Vox if you want to look we it up. We live in a world where that and chicken roping can happen. Yeah. yeah. Right. All right, one last story. It's a short one. Uh, this one's for Kathy, and this is in Texas. A pair of goats managed to get into a Target store <laughs> in the city of Spring, just north of Houston, on Wednesday. According to the uh, Harry County Constable, Mark Herman, a deputy responded to Target after receiving a report of the uh, two goats wandering through the store. Damnedest thing he'd yeah. ever seen. Yeah. I'm in that Target every yeah. other day going to take a couple of goats. It's uh, unclear where the goats came from. Uh, the animals were safely contained, and they were taken to Harris County Animal Livestock. So they got them out of there. And there you go. That's all. <laughs> Last thing in the bizarre file. All right, Kath, we need a winner for a secret text word. You got a uh, number caller that we can get? 14. Ooh. All right, 14th caller, 215-263-WMMR. You are going to need to know the secret text word in order to win. So let's have you do that. We have those ghost tickets up for grabs. Show doesn't even go on sale till Friday, by the way. And we'll grab a random text, too, and give away a pair in that manner, too. We'll be back in just a moment. Stay with us. Like the Preston and Steve Show podcast? Well, check out MMR's other audio on demand at WMMR.com or on MMR's mobile app. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Might be once in a lifetime that we see 65 degrees on February 15th. 
This is making a winter shorts guy this year a very easy to pull off. You picked the right year yeah. to really dive into that, Steve, because we have yet to have, and, I, and I'm, you know, I'm not, I don't think I'm not whatever. or anything yeah. like that, but we have not had, we've had zero major snowfall. None. Yeah. Zero this year. And the, the Kathy, you brought up that the, the, the original sort of forecast was for two like dusting events. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's not, what they yeah. were saying on 6ABC. And speaking of them, uh, Karen Rogers said this morning that uh, the temperature, like in uh, weeks to come, the temperatures are going to dip back down. She thinks it is going to get colder, which would be good for cardboard classic. Absolutely, that's we yeah. need. Yeah, because up there they'll, you know, the montage they'll be able to. Um, they, they may very well have. I don't know. I'm, I'm making it. I don't know. Two weeks from this Friday, is that when it is? Yep. Yeah, two oh, weeks wow. from this Friday. I know. Better uh, dip down quick. Yeah, you know, you know, I'm, I'm so excited for all the peripheral stuff that that is on top of the 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 event. All the things that are coming through the concerts and stuff like that. It's just it's terrific. It couldn't come back in a better way. Speaking of concerts, uh, we have a secret text word prize to give away, and we're going to see if we can indeed get a winner. We were looking for caller number fourteen, and that happens to be Brendan. Hey, Brendan. Good morning. Morning, gentlemen. Thank you so much. Our pleasure, sir. You win if you tell me what the secret text word. What is it? I received the word that said Papa earlier, as in Papa Emeritus. There you go. And that is correct. And that's the perfect reference. Brendan, hang on the line. We got your tickets to go and see the band Ghost Friday, August 25th at Freedom Mortgage Pavilion. Uh, Tickets on sale this Friday at 10 a.m. via Ticketmaster. And we have a random texter. Uh, Casey said I was going to have fun with this last name. Let's see if I can get this. Ah, and it's in Connor's handwriting to boot. Caitlin uh, Kluskowitz. Kluskowitz. Yeah, there you go. Caitlin Kluskowitz, who is from Downingtown, PA, got tickets to this, too. And if you have information that you want to know about the show coming up a Ghost or any other concert, complete details at WMMR.com. So go for it. All right, lesson question. We're going to move on to that. We are going to give away as a prize today a four-pack of tickets for the Philadelphia Fishing Show. There's too many good ones today. Uh, I think I'm going to go with this. What is Steve's new cave person name? Uh. (laughs) 215-263-WMMR. I think it was Og, and then Steve made up this other name. (laughs) Never heard this before. 215-263-WMMR. If you know the answer, call, and while you call, we'll do the trash. The trash business is a gold mine. 93.3 WMMR. With Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash. Brought to you this morning by Living Essentials. Remember college, five-hour energy got you through the energized feeling you relied on back when it uh, then still works today. Rediscover uh, five-hour energy and it'll get you through again. Visit fivehourenergy.com. What's going on this morning, Steve? Well, Michael Douglas, who stars in Ant-Man Quantumania, says he would consider returning for a fourth movie as long as he can die. Producers are up for it, but admit that with Douglas closing in on 80, nature might beat them to the punch. Oh, my God. Chris Brown. Yes, Chris Brown praising former girlfriend Rihanna on her Super Bowl halftime performance. Brown posted and then quickly deleted an awkward tweet that read, when it comes to raw talent, Rihanna can't be beat. Oh, hey! It just didn't work. And finally, this is unbelievable. King Charles will reportedly be wearing almost $4 billion dollars worth of clothing and jewelry uh, for his upcoming coronation. Wow. Apparently, 
One of the priciest items will be a pair of ruby-encrusted Crocs. Why? <laughs> That's your try. All right. To the phones we go to see if we can find the answer to this question. Uh, what's Steve's new cave person name? 215-263-WMMR. It's John that we're going to go to. Hi, John. Good morning. Good morning. All right, John, do me a favor and tell me Steve's new cave person name, please. Is it Moop? Moop. <laughs> That's correct, John. Moop is right, and we are going to give you a four-pack of tickets for the Philadelphia Fishing Show. It's coming to the Expo Center in Oaks this weekend. February 17th through the 19th, you can get the best deals on all of your fishing needs, boats, RVs, and more. So check them out and their 5,000-gallon aquarium full of local freshwater game fish. And stop by the Trout Fishing Pond on site. Tickets and info at phillyfishingshow.com. Now, Preston and Steve's Music News on 93.3 WMMR. Bam. Hi, and it is brought to you by the Philly Fishing Show, which is going to the Expo Center in Oaks uh, this weekend, 17th through the 19th. You can get the best deals on all your fishing needs and more. Visit phillyfishingshow.com. I only have two uh, quick, quick things. Two? in. Yeah, there's not much here. Two, two, two quick things in uh, music news. Uh, Van Halen fans are set for a treat with the recently released book called Tone Chaser, Understanding Edward, my 26-year journey with Edward Van Halen. Uh, the tome by musician and friend and journalist Steve Rosen chronicles the pair's relationship between 1977 and 2003. Uh, in addition to major in-depth chats with Eddie over the course of his most important years creatively, Rosen is able to paint a vivid picture of life on the road, hanging out, recording at 5150, and just simply existing in the rarefied air uh, that Eddie Van Halen lived and breathed. So when it came to, um, you know, bands on the road and stories of uh, debaucherous sort of, you know, overindulgence, Van Halen wasn't known to be too much of that, right? They were hard drinkers. Yeah. They were definitely known as that. Um, and, you know, the they whole... Um, they weren't hotel no, room destroying... Yeah, that 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 had kind of come. That had kind of passed yeah, yeah, yeah. a little bit at that point. I mean, there were still definitely hardcore partiers, and you, what what came after that were the sex parties, and then you had bands like uh, ACDC and and uh, uh, Def Leppard that kind of held the mantle for that <laughs> the sex parties. But um, I mean, uh, the, they, they were hard drinkers, and they were uh, they were the ones that came up with the no brown M and M's, uh, right? In the writer, writer. so yeah. so there were some things, but yeah, they weren't you know. Like they, I, they I don't, I just don't remember stuff. a legend of them being, you know, unhinged. Right. Yeah. Uh, but I, I'll bet there's some stories. Stories. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, behind the scenes for sure. Uh, so this should be interesting. We'll see how uh, that book is uh, received. And then one other thing: um, '80s icons Genesis and Sting topped Forbes' recent list of highest paid entertainers. Uh, the recently reunited Genesis raked in a cool $230 million thanks to the cash windfall that their last Domino reunion tour brought in, although it seems to not include the recent sale of their collective publishing, which would crank it even Huge, further Huge, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, so, one of my favorite bands. Number one was uh, Genesis, followed by uh, Sting, who came in second with $210 million. Third was Tyler Perry. Uh, then you had Trey Parker and Matt Stone, fourth. Uh, James L. Brooks and Matt Groening, fifth. It's his birthday today, by the way, Matt Groening. 
Brad Pitt was sixth on the list. Highest paid entertainers of the year. Well, he's also a producer. Uh, number seven is the Rolling Stones. Number eight is James Cameron. Number nine, Taylor Swift. And uh, rounding out the top ten was Bad Bunny. Wow. Uh, with making $88 million. That's heavy duty. A lot of money to be had. The fact that, Je- I mean, I love Genesis, but I, you know, at the top of this list, I would not have guessed that. Yeah. The yeah. other day, Preston, you had uh, the uh, box office for the weekend, and it, it occurred to me afterwards, uh, James Cameron had two in the top ten because they re-released Titanic. Yeah, right. So Titanic, Titanic and Avatar were both out in, in the top ten. So the top, uh, currently top five highest grossing or top ten highest grossing movies, how many are Camerons? There's three. Three, yeah. Yeah, with Titanic and then the two Avatar movies. Looking at this, is it look, does it um, seem uh, sports uh, like the high super duper sports stars make more money than uh, maybe some of the entertainers do? I think the highest paid athlete was uh, Cristiano Ronaldo last year. I think year. you're right. Yeah, uh, some boxers like Floyd Mayweather was making a ton of money for a few years. What would you put a ballpark for uh, Cristiano? Two hundred mil, something like mil. that. And yeah. then uh, the celebrity boxing earnings of Tanya Harding. Oh, look at that! I hit it right on the, the nose there. There Cristiano you go, Ronaldo, two hundred million. Okay, so Sting made two hundred ten million. Wow, so he did a little better. He was in second place, but Genesis had a whole band, so I yes, fight have to that. break it up and everything. Exactly, it's the same. Yeah, so all right. Anyhow, that's uh, that's it. That's all I have. Music news. For it was Dan good. good Thanks, man, for a short one. Well done. There are no Thank you. Small oh, stop it. Report. No, that's enough of that. No, 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 please. Yeah, no, no more, please. <laughs> all right. Anyway, uh, we're gonna take a break. We're gonna come back in a second, and we'll get ready to wrap it up. The whole thing, wrapping it up. Letter day, word of the week prize. When we get back, stay with us. Two years, the strangest spectacle on snow is back. Preston and Steve's Cardboard Classic, Friday, March 3rd, at Scranton's Montage Mountain, with thousands up for grabs and cash prizes. Sled registration and complete details at WMMR.com. Come for the cardboard and stay for the Mountain Fest. Two days of live music, Mountainside. Friday night, it's up clear. Saturday starts with some pond skimming, then ramps up with an explosive double bell. Lit. And fuel. Cap off the day with a fireworks show on the snow. Join us for a kickin' weekend at Montage. Preston and Steve's Cardboard Classic and Mountain Fest. Details at WMMR.com from 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. Everclear on 93.3 WMMR. Uh, two weeks from Friday, Everclear will be playing at Montage Mountain, where we are having our Cardboard Classic. And yes, it's part of their Mountain Fest. They are going to be playing that night around 5 o'clock, too. So an early show. So if you get there and you do the full morning into afternoon thing with us, it's not that long of a wait until we get a show with uh, with Everclear. Uh, yeah, it's going to be great. Yeah. And um, uh, what's the word I was looking for? Uh, pulmonary? Not pulmonary. No, I was trying to remember uh, the lead singer's name. God almighty. Art, Art Alex Sackis. Yeah. Yes, thank you. I don't know why I couldn't think of it. Uh, but Art, uh, last time he was here, was great. It's terrific. Looking forward to seeing yeah. him again. Loves it. Loves uh, playing. The next day, Lit and Fuel are playing at Montage as well. There's just this big event going on. They're doing this skiing across the water thing. And it's a great facility. Yeah. It's terrific. Yep. And and participation is up to standard level yes. as far as the amount of sleds that have entered for this whole thing. And some of our 
uh, all-time favorite. Some of the the, the biggies uh, there. Are, are, are ready to uh, to participate once again. They're excited about the event. I have that warm-up event for Cardboard Classic this Friday, and so that's uh, 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. Uh, Friday the 17th. It's at um, uh, McGurk's in Fort Washington. So swing by. You can win like these VIP passes. Kathy, I know you did one a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I did one a couple weeks ago, and they had um, they were we gave away lift tickets like every 15 minutes. So I don't know if they're doing that for yours, but it was like sort of a surprise. Cool. So you might want to go. Well, back. they also have uh, like places to stay. Did you already say that, Nick? Yeah. Uh, I did not. So yeah, you're right. Yeah. And so it's, uh, these VIP passes are pretty awesome. So. Um, and you were giving away every 15 minutes? Yeah, we were. Get, so, so you registered to win this, and then um, they also had lift tickets to, to give away. So you had the potential um, to win a bunch of different prizes. Nice. Yeah, right. so that's 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. Friday night at McGurk's. Fabulous. Um, I would like to thank Mr. Mark Summers yeah. for being here today. Uh, Mark has his podcast, which just debuted on uh, Monday. It's called Unwrapped with uh, with Mark Summers. Uh, he's great. He is great. He's, he's the best. And you can uh, sign up on YouTube and uh, subscribe to that whole thing, or you can uh, check wherever podcasts are distributed because it's all over the place. But uh, it was great having Mark on this morning. We need to do the letter of the day. So who's going to do that? Is that you, Case? All right. Let's do that now. Here we go. Preston and Steve on 93.3 WMMR. Now, the daily letter. All right. The Preston. Steve show. I'm let Kathy do the letter. <laughs> do it. Yeah, it's yeah. brought to you today by the letter. N is in Nancy. Stop it. <laughs> what? One. Oh, man. What is this going to be? I don't know. We'll have I'll, to come I'll up with something. What the three letters are so far. I don't know what the other two I, are. I know. Just pick I know. We were talking about it off air. Oh, okay. <laughs> Let's see what this ends up being. Wow. On Friday. All right. So the letter N uh-huh. is in Nancy. I did look it up. There are a few options. Okay. All right. All right. Good. All right. They're not vulgar. All right. Brought to you. Or, uh, the, the prize we're giving away, by the way, Dave Matthews Band, uh, double shot. You get a pair of reserve seats on Friday, the 21st of July, and a pair of pit tickets. And next night, both Dave Matthews Band shows are at Freedom Mortgage Pavilion. And they go on sale Friday at 10 a.m. via Ticketmaster. Pretty sweet deal. So we give that away on Friday. Uh, Let me see here. I also need to thank our sponsors. Uh, The Preston and Steve radio program has been brought to you today by Duncan. The Mm. Preston and Steve show runs on Duncan. Also brought to you by Acme Markets, fresh foods, local flavors. On tomorrow's program... Uh, our buddy Robert Irvine has a new book out. Uh, it's pretty wild that we're having uh, we have Mark Summers and Robert Irvine the next day. Back to back, guys worked together for years. Is it a cookbook or is it a? I, I don't think it's a cookbook. I think it's kind of his. Um, it's about his breasts. It's about his Marissa <laughs> trying. She gesturing towards her boobs. It's his what? How do you say motivational? Oh, motivational. Okay. Right. You shake your boobs. Yeah. That motivates me. It doesn't look like she was saying it's about his breasts. It's about yeah. his boobs. Uh, so, Hardly. He doesn't have boobs. He has pecs. Uh, you're like right. Big, hard pecs. His yeah. wife, though. Uh, she's got boobs. She's got boobs. We'll talk about boobs and all kinds hey. of stuff tomorrow with Robert Irvine. That's it. We're done. Rage on. Have a great day, and we'll see you tomorrow, friend. Bye-bye. And Steve on 93.3 WMMR. Hey, everybody, it's good to have you on the bat bat, two da bat, two ba 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 ba